Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the fair Spanish lady, Alessandra Bielsi. Say hello, Al. I'm bringing my A-game tonight, and it's going to be even more next week, so I hope you guys are ready. I'm excited for this. On this week's episode, we're going to talk trailers, good and bad. Uh, we fall into the Spider-Verse. We uh, ponder the future of the Guardians, and we throw back to Street Fighter the movie, all before diving into our flick of the week, Jaws. Very fitting, on account of Shark Week, we nailed it. But first, Al, <laughs> what are we drinking? Well, in the theme of nailing it, uh, we have a beer <laughs> Never from... Never-ending quest to stay relevant. <laughs> yes, we have a beer, uh, and this is this was completely unplanned, because Anthony told me he wanted to do Jaws literally last night, um, and I already had this beer on hand for us to do. We're doing Harpoon's Limey Vice. You heard that right? It sounds like Miami <laughs> Vice, but it's Limey Vice. But it's that. got lime. It's a sunny, citrusy, tart lime goza. 4.7% alcohol by volume, 8 IBUs. Um, when I read that, first thing, like my, the, what my brain did, was sunny, citrusy, tart lime goose. <laughs> Either way, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hope so. I haven't tried it yet. It would have been perfect with what I was eating for dinner, uh, mm. but I refrained from eating it. Um, yeah, no, I smelled it while I was pouring it from the can. It's It seems pungent. That's tricks. It stings the nostrils. It's just tricks. Um, do you want to take a sip let's, before we uh, continue discussing let's, it? Yeah, let's give this one a go. Cheers. That was a thud. I didn't even do that remotely right. Oh. Okay. It's almost like a shandy. Yeah. I've got to be honest, that tastes better than it smells. Um, It's not nearly as sour as I anticipated this being. Um, mm-hmm. Not that Gozas necessarily are super, super sour. Uh, they can be, I guess. Um, but I don't know. The whole lime salt Goza equation, I assumed it was going to be... Uh, pretty sour, more like a sure. checkpoint Charlie. Right. Um, like the um, what's that uh, that dogfish one? Salt and sand. Is that what it's called? I don't think I've had that. that. They have a good one. I feel like we did it once. <laughs> oh God, uh, we've reached no, this point. <laughs> we did a different salt beer from Six Point. No, that's not the one I'm talking about. Anyway, which we didn't go, like. Go on. This, um, is, this is pretty good. Yeah, uh, no, this is tasty and definitely right for this season. Uh, this is definitely spring summer mm-hmm. type of, type of beer. Um, a couple of hot dogs. Burger yeah, no, I, this this I, I was I like eating it. some some chicken tacos like five minutes ago because I often am stuffing my face during the pre-show. It's, so Anthony, it's horrendous. Like, it's it's, Anthony, it's Anthony the worst to... experience. <laughs> well, was it worse because I was shirtless again or? I don't even. You know what? I don't. It did bring it to a new level. Because <laughs> last last week it was just the no shirt. I ate before I came down. I'm pretty sure last week. <laughs> Al, you ready? He answers the phone. Naked eating tacos. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> just, um, just what you want. You do what you gotta do, man. I was I was ready hey, before you were tonight. You uh, were you? Um, were, I did say almost you? ready. <laughs> what? I said, were you? Because when I got here, you were eating tacos without your clothes on. I don't, I don't think that counts as ready. Well, if you recall, my text to you said, in parentheses, almost, and then ready. Right. When you are. I'm just saying, you can't state that you were ready before me. <laughs> That's all. 
I was stuck at 99% loading. <laughs> Buffering. Yeah. Buffering. Um, Ooh, tacos. <laughs> no, this beer is really tasty. Uh, like it's it. very hazy, uh, mm-hmm. very light in color and in like kind of the palate. Oops, I got a hair in there. Um, it smells delightful. <laughs> I don't love the smell, to be honest. I wasn't you kidding. Said, you said it's, tricks. It I, smells I don't like tricks. see that. It just smells like lime. It just smells you like open lime. Up, you open up a box of tricks. You put that next to here. And you tell me it doesn't smell exactly the same. It does not. I've, I've had I've had, I've had, had tricks before. To be fair, I haven't had tricks in a very long time. But this well, is tricks what I remember kids, it smelling so. like. <laughs> um, well played. <laughs> <laughs> um, Worst. <laughs> we were... <laughs> Hey, that's no, that's definitely not worse than Ben Middlesome. It's not. Um, for that reference, please watch the Ready Player One Honest trailer <laughs> on YouTube. Pretty great. Um, we would be remiss if we did not mention the can art, because we often do. Yeah. And it's exactly how you would expect a beer that rhymes with Miami Vice to look. Yep. It's got all those, like, I don't know, what's what, right like word? Pastel-type colors? Close enough to get sued. Yeah, um, the um, the vice lettering is like Miami Vice. Um, it's all like those weird, like neon pastelish colors. I know those things contradict each other, kind of, but you're you're picturing it. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The uh, what's that? that? That's called something. There's like little dots um, in the artwork. I forget. It's actually it's called something, but it it works. It actually looks like a lemon and or a lime. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like kind it. of I dig it. No, it's good. This is like, <laughs> this. This feels like a nice, like well thought out limited edition. Yes, and uh, I appreciate that. It's very. I, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm glad you. Uh, glad you added this one to the care package. Yes, I. Um, oh, I, I had quite the care package for you last week. You we did. are set for a while. We've got some uh, episodes coming. Oh yeah, sure. Mm. We have many episodes. Some of them are planned. Some this- of them we don't know what they are yet. Yeah. Some of them we've seen the stuff for. Some of them we're waiting for people to see the stuff for. Specifically you. All you um, need to know is there's plenty more to come. Oh, yeah. So, man, I actually, uh, this is, I liked this when I took the first sip, but every sip after that it has grown on me more and more. Yeah, me too. I'm, uh, I am not a fan of the fact that it did not come in pints. Yeah, well, uh, you know. This is the first non-pint I... in a while. So. It is. Um, it comes purely because of the fact that I stole it, um, by which I mean uh, <laughs> appropriated is probably the right call. Someone brought it to my house. They left two, specifically two of them at my house, mm-hmm. unintentionally, and I said, these are mine now. They're going to the show. That's fair. That's fair. It's, 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 it's in your, your possession. It's all, it's all yours. No, it's now. definitely the, the flavor of this is definitely opening up. As it goes. Thankfully, it's yeah. not nearly as salty as it could have been. Yeah. I would actually prefer it if it was slightly more sour than it is, um, but it's it's pretty tasty. I'll give this one my thumbs up. I would suggest if you uh, if you come across this one, give it a, give it a go. It's a, it's a tasty little treat. I don't know how easy this is going to be to find. I don't know. I mean, seems like Harpoon, Harpoon is uh, is a pretty big um, brewery, especially on the East Coast, yeah. like, or well, at least in the the. Uh, the Northeast is pretty easy to find, typically. I am curious how limited limited is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've had I've been sitting on this for almost two months. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Holding out on me. Holding out for me, I should say. True. Yeah. Um, we'll play it that way. 
<laughs> well, we have like 11 or 12 beers lined up now. Yes. Yeah, we're this good. This is by we're far good to go. the most that we've ever had planned out. Um, I'm getting it. pretty excited to talk about this episode, though, because yeah. this is also by far the most news and nuggets that I have. This is exciting. So with that, we might as well dive in. Um, some of them some of them is going to be overlapped stuff, like you, the trailer yeah. stuff. Yeah, okay. So you know what? Let's start there. Trailers, good and bad. Um, oh. I've seen three new trailers this okay. since the, since we've last recorded. Um, okay. These trailers get worse as I go on. So shall I start <laughs> at the best? <laughs> okay. Overlord. I don't know what that is. We've seen a trailer for this movie. Overlord is a new flick coming out. Um, it's basically Nazis and Zombies, the movie. This is uh, from the, I believe it is from the production company J- from J.J. Abrams dealio. Is that Dead Oh, Robot? yeah. I, I forgot that that's what it was called. I think I saw part let of me, that let me, on a commercial on TV. I'll run the storyline by you real quick. On the eve of D-Day, American paratroopers are dropped behind enemy lines to carry out a mission crucial to the invasion success. But as they approach their target, they begin to realize there is more going on in the Nazi-occupied village than a simple military operation. They find themselves fighting against supernatural forces, part of a Nazi experiment. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this one up is I just like the trailer like popped up on the Flipboard, uh, my Mac movie Flipboard that I have, and I watched it and I was like, "This is this movie will, will be will likely be fine." Like it'll like it'll probably be very entertaining and just a good watch um, overall. I don't. It's not going to be like a a ground breaking film or anything like that. But they nailed the trailer. The trailer is very entertaining. Like it's like it's high speed. It's just like it's one hit after the next after the next. They are not giving you more than they should. They were doing this whole at the very end. It slows down and there's like this lead up to something. And like every other trailer this summer, they just instead of showing it to you, they didn't. And I was like, okay, good, good. Well, if it if it's made by Bad Robot... Um, you might never find out what's behind that wall, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, it's I mean, it's going to have some degree of the mystery box, so... Yeah, but I would say uh, it's, it's coming out November 9th. Uh, this one, I'm calling it now, this one's going to be... This was we're gonna do this one while it's in theaters. We're not we won't be missing this one. So okay, give, yeah, give, I, give it a I check. saw a bit of the trailer, um, and I like didn't realize what it was. And that's uh, as soon as you described it, I realized, oh, I saw part of that. I don't think I saw the whole trailer, so I'm I'm not sure exactly what's going on with it. But mm-hmm. I'll have to check that out after we're done. Yeah, it's you know what? There's basically what I said in that like I read that story uh, that storyline from IMDb. It's that's that's all you need to know. That's all you're gonna get from the trailer. It's there's not gonna be much in there, um, but it it is gonna seem like an interesting concept. Could be it could be it's all in the execution of this, right? This is like a silly story overall. Like we play it in video games a lot. If you want to turn it into a movie, you gotta have fun with it. And I think yeah, they're having it's fun. It's got to be done kind of tongue in, tongue in cheek, probably, right? Um, well, it definitely seems to take itself more seriously than you would expect a movie like this to. But based on what I'm seeing in the trailer, it's working. So I'm okay with it. Okay. So give it a go. Report back. <laughs> Report back to the fans. <laughs> we'll, see <laughs> what you, we'll see what you think of it. But uh, I'm excited for this one. I think this is going to be a fun movie uh, a little bit towards the end of the year. Uh, the second trailer that I saw was the Shazam trailer. Okay. The Shazam trailer. This one I have seen. I texted you about it. Yes. So now for this one, I watched the trailer and I was like, oh, wow, that looks that looks fun. Sure, a, lo- a little bit, some of it's too much. 
Like they, it's they, a little too much. It's a little too much. And I was like, oh, oh, this is gonna, this looks like it's gonna be good. I'm excited. And then as soon as I said that, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not. <laughs> don't, don't you have to earn time. that. Don't get excited yet. We we can go and <laughs> yeah, see exactly. it. We can plan to go and see it, but don't get excited. Uh, exactly. So I'm, I'm taking a step back. <laughs> I was like, they almost got me. They were this close to getting me with that trailer. It is. It's funny. It's very silly. The writing is over the top, but I'm okay with it. We'll uh, yeah, I was surprised with how outright silly it got for a trailer. Um, and I'm just like I'm skeptical of that in general with this sort of movie. I mean, I understand it's comic books that are supposed to be to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. if you get too silly, then it becomes Batman and Robin. Oh yeah. You want to be Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp, right? Or even Thor Ragnarok. But those have earned that, and I'm not willing to trust this yet because DC has done nothing to prove to me that it, it earned anything, especially a wild break in tone like that. Now, I do appreciate that they're moving off of the overly dark, gritty yes. stuff. Not that you can't do it. It's just they can't do it for they, whatever reason. No, and they, but they they like went really hard in the other direction, it seems. We'll see what happens when this movie comes out. I Like I said, for a second I was excited, then I remembered why I shouldn't be. So we'll see what happens. We'll see it. We'll do an episode on it. Um, I'm not even going to say... I was I was talking myself back. I was like, ooh, that seems fun. And I was like, no. And then I was like, okay, I'm cautiously optimistic. And I was like, no. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm actually not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any reason to believe that this is going to be good. The only thing that it has going for it is that it seems very disconnected from everything else that's going on. That's the only um, thing that has going. Yes, for it. Uh, I, I just well. I mean, the only other thing it has going for it is that I like Zachary Levy. I, yeah. I really, yeah, I really enjoyed Chuck, um, and somehow he's even more silly and ridiculous than that. Like where it shocked me. Uh, I think it's probably the whole thing is because, you know. That was an all like adult show. Not that it was like a super like it was like an R rated type of show, but yeah, um, it was like adult, like kind of like it's like you like you and me like nerd like boy like like man child humor type of stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this was like him like hanging out with a little kid, and I was like, so that it just surprised me how silly and over the top he went. And I guess it, you know it's because he's technically kind of playing a kid. I guess yeah, I mean, exactly. That's 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 the point. Um, I'm not super familiar with Shazam. I just no, know the very, very I, I, I'm not either, but from that trailer, that's that's the point. But it's it seems fun. Uh, it seems like he might be having a good time doing it. The guy, he, he actually looked like he was having fun in the trailer. So that yeah. might, you know, that might make its way to the audience, which would be good. But uh, we'll just have to see what happens from that. When does that come out? Do you know what the date is on that? It comes out next year. I just, I'm not sure what the date is. Let's see. Let me see if I can pull this up real quick. Uh, 20... April 5th. That was really fast. I'm impressed myself on that one. I actually didn't have anything available. That was a... I started to type and I hit enter and I just like grabbed the first thing and it was there. Nice. Well done. It was a pretty quick turnaround <laughs> like making this movie because like for them to have that full length of a trailer... Also, I didn't even know that they were getting... We got the... It's so weird. We got a full length trailer for this at the same time we got one for... Aquaman, right. which that's coming odd. out way before they started making it way before. Like, it feels like not that long ago that I heard that Zachary Levy had just gotten into shape for the role. And I mean, like, you can see there's some CGI costume stuff going on, but mm-hmm. like, he got jacked for the role from what I've heard. Okay. Um, I feel like it wasn't that long ago that I heard all of that for them to have enough footage and for it to be a complete surprise. Like, I expected 
maybe alongside of a full Aquaman trailer, you'd get a quick teaser for Shazam. Yeah. They, skipped, they went right to go. Or like, even if you got like a post-credit teaser. Yeah. That would have been, yeah, it's interesting. Um, that brings us to our third trailer, which was Aquaman. Which was hot garbage. <laughs> I uh, I feel like I've been reading things of like first impressions and stuff like that, like in passing, that have been positive. And I saw yes, that trailer I, and I, I said, I heard that there Why? was a test screening um, and that everyone seemed to like it. Yeah, I don't like that trailer. I don't like where it's going. I don't really want to see it. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little confused about the trailer. Because it does, I mean, it, it's probably from a result of there being a lot going on in this movie, but mm-hmm. uh, the trailer didn't really feel coherent. It felt like a trailer for three different movies. Yeah, I got that. I got like that. Like, visually, and I guess tonally, it was probably more or less consistent, but narratively, it seemed wildly all over the place. And the, the story that they're telling just seems very boring. Uh, it... Feels very much like an origin, I guess, but both of them are. Um, it feels less necessary to have that sort of origin for Aquaman, having him already been fully on screen for a movie. Yeah. Although I guess they did that with Black Panther and that worked out, but actually it's kind of the same movie. Huh. They're kind of doing yeah. Black Panther. The King has returned. They're, they're, yeah. all, they're all kind of doing the Lion King. The king has returned, and there's a fight for the throne. Yeah. I guess the main difference is one of the movies is phenomenal, and the other one is not going to be good at all. Well, probably. I mean, again, no reason for cautious optimism, but I'm not going to actually say it will be bad until I give it a shot. This is... I can say I think it'll be bad, but... It's a tactic that I have for this one going in. I'm hoping that if I really think it's going to be shit, that I might enjoy it a little bit. Force yourself to have really low expectations. Yeah, I'm I'm burying the bar. <laughs> that's that's my goal here to see uh to see if we can come up above it. Um, I will be blown away if somehow I am underwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess at that point it's just on me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even. I, mean, know. I don't know. It seemed like there were some cool elements going on, but it seemed very haphazard and seemed like it might be a bit too much. And as much as I've been complaining about the CGI stuff. I'll be honest, all that underwater that underwater battle, it looked kind of cool. It was super generic, everything going on, as you mentioned, origin story style, but not a good one. Because we have we know that origin stories can be done properly. Um, this doesn't seem like it's going to be one. The As far as the CGI goes, there was actually one thing that was super jarring to me in the trailer. There's like a scene of something happens off screen, and all of these people that are watching start to cheer and they all they're all fake and i don't really understand why or at least yeah, that part are fake that part wasn't great but watching an entire horde of people fighting on the backs of like sharks and shit looks kind of that's cool. that's fun that's that looks fun. cool i'll give you that that so we might get like a, a, a an interesting fun like 10 minute crazy sequence it'll probably be more than 10 minutes it will you're right it's jump. the entire third act it will lower sunglasses, jump the shark. Uh, get out. Re-raise the sunglasses. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not excited about that. What I'm not excited about is that I feel obligated to see it, so that I can talk about it. 
the surprising thing is that the Shazam one felt better put together, even though this it's is the one much further out. That that's the one that's much further out, and this is the one that hasn't had behind the scenes troubles. This has been the most um, cleanly made of the DC movies. Yeah, there hasn't been a, a lot of behind the scenes strife. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I saw this really funny, this really silly video. Did you watch Entourage? No. No, we've so, talked about that before. I couldn't get into it. Right. You, you know how, um, you know the basic premise and you know that the character was like trying to land Aquaman or does land Aquaman. I'm aware of that. Yes. So they made this, there's this funny video out there of the Entourage episode where they're watching the trailer for Aquaman and it's it's the main character Vince running like down a boardwalk and he's like gonna jump into the water and attack whatever is about to happen but what they did was they just like really poorly cut out Jason Momoa with his long hair and they just <laughs> pasted it on him so it's not it's not like a it's not like they're trying it's just like this static image of him as the yeah. character is running down the boardwalk <laughs> and then they cut to the they cut to the rest of the cast that's like in the theater watching it like really excited <laughs> and they cut back and and then they do it from the shot from behind where they're like i guess we don't have to do anything here so it's it's not his hair at all and it's <laughs> the back and then they shoot forward again it's just really silly and i was like i feel like it's not much different than what i actually saw <laughs> We'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. I'm going to yield the floor for a nugget. Yeah, we should definitely trade them because I do have some that are more news. Excellent. Uh, so I will hit you with the news. Um, I saw a news item today about Men in Black spinoff, and I immediately groaned. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But then I finished reading the little blurb. It's like, okay, I still hate that they're doing this, but... I kind of like the casting that's going on. It was a casting announcement. So okay. headline of this article it was on Hollywood Reporter is that Emma Thompson is joining the Men in Black spinoff. Okay. She will reprise the role of Agent O, the chief of Men in Black of the Men in Black organization. But what this article was actually about was how she was joining Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. Who right. I didn't gonna be in this i have not seen any so i had mentioned that before when i had uh went on a rant about the men in black reboot article which drove me absolutely crazy but i think it was shadowed because you were just as angry of the by the word reboot <laughs> i had no idea that chris thompson chris hemsworth and Tess thompson were doing this. <laughs> you put them together different thing entirely but that's kind of cool because i did think that they were good together in yeah. ragnarok i i agree i, can, also, I can see that being fun it also apparently has Liam Neeson and Kamal Nanjiani, which did not expect to see that. Excellent. <laughs> as well as Ray Spall, who was uh, one of the bad guys in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, for those of you who are not familiar with the name. What was his name? Ray Spall. Who was that? He was the guy who was doing like the double cross. He was the guy who like hired her, the one who was working for James Cromwell, and then... Um, Got it. Gladiatored him. Got it. With a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. With a pillow. <laughs> for those of you who were unsure what I meant. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Um. It's whatever. I'll see it because I like the two of them together. So. Yes. Oh, well, that's uh, if, if it actually happens. What? If it actually ends up getting fully made and released. 
I, I mean, it seems like they are now because they have like a full cast, and F. Gary Gray has signed on to direct it. So, okay. we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, the seeing them together again will be fun. Um, cool. Uh, I one of my other notes was just just general musings about the uh, the Spider Verse, this animated Spider Man movie that's coming out that just looks amazing <laughs> it is visually stunning i'm still trying to wrap my head around nick miller i'll never be able to accept that i'm just gonna see him as nick yeah even so, though it, you won't even be seeing his face right just be so he's him. the he is like the the peter parker f- that we are familiar with right that's the character that he's playing i believe except except it seems like he might be doing like a like old jaded like out of shape version of it yeah which is great for Nick. But yes. for those of you not familiar with who we're talking about, uh, this character Nick Miller on New Girl, who we're calling Nick, not his name. Uh, Jake Johnson. <laughs> Jake Johnson uh, is playing one of the Spider-Men of the Spider-Verse. And it just, I think this is a really cool thing. It's funny because people, like, they, with the, like these multiple universes or time travel or things like that, it's very easy to screw up. Um, and I Multiver- think, multiverse stuff is way easier to pull off than time travel. Sure, it it, it is, but some of it is like you just kind of have to lean into it. Like you gotta go, like just just throw it at the audience and expect them to accept it. Because sometimes when they start to over-explain, they just they just ruin it. Like I think the Flash TV show does it really well with the multiverse stuff they're doing there. It's like, cool, it's fun. Like I get it. Like this is, you're just telling me that there's a bajillion different universes and the same person exists in all of them in a different way okay like that's that's all the information that i got and i was like that's good enough like you don't really need more it's like we're not trying to explain the science to you here's the story let's have fun and i think i feel like they're gonna i it seems like they're gonna do a good job of just going with it from what i'm seeing in the trailer and i'm excited about that i think it's easier to do that too in uh in an animated type movie yeah you can get away with more yeah uh, but it just it just everything about it looks like just like great it looks quality. Fun. Yeah, it it just it's beautiful though. Yeah, and I I'm just really excited. Like I feel like something something from there will make its way onto like as be one of my wallpapers for a while. Like it just oh, yeah? looks really good. Just some some sort of absurd, colorful, bright, beautiful sequence. We'll just freeze frame that. See, I'm not usually really all that interested in these types of things when they come out. Um, although most of them tend not to be theatrical releases. Uh, I know some of them are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw this trailer in front of Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I was like, oh, that actually looks kind of cool. I might want to check that out. Right. That's. I think that's where I saw it as well. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, does that, when does that come out? Is that October? I have no idea. Let's see if we can pull this one up. Spider-Verse. 2018. Big money. First click. December 14th. Okay. Nice. Excellent. It looks like we're going to get some cool animated costumes of like, a, a, you know, existing things, some throwbacks to other stuff. And I know that like these stories exist already. I don't know how, or like I'm sure there's like, this is like the screen version of an existing story, but it just seems very cool to me. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for it, so we'll have to check that out. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be one of our episodes. Moving on to another Al's Nugget. 
I have another news. Um, we are getting a brief return of Star Wars The Clone Wars. I don't know if you heard. I saw that. What's that about? I don't know anything about it. So what happened at the end of The Clone Wars is it ended on a really weird note. Okay. Like, they kind of cobbled together an ending, but... It, like, they were heading down a certain path leading into Revenge of the Sith. Like, they were getting pretty close to that at the end of the show. Okay. But they weren't there yet, and they kicked off this storyline in the final season, and then it felt like they rushed to the finish out of nowhere. Mm. Like, because the last... They started getting into a lot of two or three or four episode runs in the last, like, two seasons of like certain like mini story arcs that would follow one or two or an ensemble of the admittedly fairly large cast. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure it ended all with this whole sequence uh, with Yoda chasing some mysteries of the force, but it was a weird, it was a really weird note to end the show on. Like it would have been fine as just a part of the final season. Right. But it, for me, and I, my memory of it is, is a little bit hazy now, what exactly went on with it, because I kind of got a little disinterested because I was irritated finding out that that was how the show was ending. Um, but I know that they had, like, I think if you look online, like, you can find bits of voiced-over episodes that were released that was going to continue on after that with, like, right. some of it's, like, in front of, like fronted by, like, storyboard stuff, or it's, like, it was like pre-animation or like pre like fully like rendered like coloring like animation where it's like wire figures and shit like that. And I didn't bother watching any of it because it was like I, I don't really see the point because it's not technically canon because it's right. not part of the actual show. It's not fully released. Yeah. Um, so supposedly what they're doing is uh, was, I, I forgot to. They showed a trailer at San Diego Comic-Con saying how it was a war left unfinished until now. And. So what they said is it's going to come next year on the direct-to-consumer Disney streaming service that's expected to, I think, it's supposed to be towards the end of next year. Um, it's supposed to cap the show for real. And, oh, this article doesn't have it, so I don't remember exactly. But I saw something. It's supposed to be, I think, at least, oh, 12 episodes to complete the series. Oh, okay. it's going to lead into something, or is it really just to polish off something that they started? Uh, I think probably the majority of it is that, but I expect that if they're going into doing this, there must be something in there. That's a that's, connection. That's going to be a connection point to something else that's going on. Yeah. Do you think it's something in the new series that's coming? Do you think it's something in the last movie? Um, it could be any and all of those things. That's I exciting. actually wouldn't be terribly surprised if it was to try and like introduce a character for the new show that's coming out or right that be, wouldn't be a bad idea it could be a tie-in to the new although the timing of that would be weird because the new anime show is coming out at the end of this year hmm. i think october or november or something like that um but i expect that the reason they're doing all of this is for continuity's sake i would imagine so um and it's a pretty small ask to get this on it's like a 12 episode run um that's that's cool it also see it feels like a i mean uh, they have their reasons um it's gonna draw people to the streaming service right that's a a big part of it too um 
and it's going to uh, they they like to keep their fans happy so it's going to be it's like a response i imagine to some similar feelings to what you were expressing about how that last season went so that's yeah and cool. i i think it's just it's one of those things where um like you said to draw people into the streaming service and as much as people who are missing the point are complaining about quote unquote continuity errors because they don't understand what that word means <laughs> and plot holes and stuff like that. You're they, a plot hole. <laughs> they take that stuff very seriously now. Yeah. Um, they are trying to fill gaps that were left by the original stuff that was being made by Lucas and trying to cut through the crap that was a lot of what le- the legends was, but still trying to preserve and re-release the stuff that was important, the stuff that everyone loved the most. Mm-hmm. So some of that, I think, will probably make it into this as well. I'm not sure, though. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That makes me want to watch that series because I'm curious. I would love to be a part of that when it releases, like that final season. Yeah, well, I mean, you got plenty of time. You got a you know almost a year and a half uh, to to do that if if you so desire. Um, some of it is tough, especially in the early, like especially in the first season, but. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good stuff in that show. Just maybe skip through any of the Jar Jar episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, just for, for our one angry fan, um, I'm finally, I finally made some more progress on Rebels. I watched, I watched one more episode. I'm trying to get myself back into it. <laughs> Wait, who's the one angry fan? Damien. Oh. He's not angry, but he does ask me if I've, if I've gotten any further on it, like, weekly. And I felt obligated to make some more progress. <laughs> I didn't know you watched them. That's funny. So I'll have to, uh, I'll have to keep that going. I, I mean, I enjoy it every time I sit down and watch it. It's, it's really good. It's just, it's, it's pretty quality writing. Um, the, that the, show the is stories are way fun. more cohesive than uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Overall. I worry that I'll have a difficult time even bothering with Clone Wars after I'm done with this, especially because I tried Clone Wars a while back and I just, it just didn't land for me. I'm glad that I watched them Clone Wars first, then Rebels right. second. Um, also, there's probably some things that you're missing out on in the sense that there are characters that they pulled from that show that they put into Rebels. Sure. Huh. Well, whatever. Rebels is great. I'm excited to finish finish that. I think I'm still in the second season somewhere. Mm. Uh, but it's it's very entertaining. Uh, moving on to the future of Guardians of the Galaxy. Ugh, do we have to? We just a little bit, um, because I was very, very like, oh crap, because I was just because we were just talking about how I was like, you know what, Guardians might be my favorite of the Marvel movies. I don't know. I haven't made my final decision yet. But like, I really, when I went back and watched it, I, like, I really, really love that movie. I really enjoy the second one as well. Um, for those of you who don't know, James Gunn was fired uh, under some some nasty tweets and things like that that were dug up from a del- they were deleted, I think, or not deleted. I don't really know. Uh, I'm regardless, easy on whether they were all deleted or not. They're from six or seven years ago. Let's skip all of that garbage, just because uh, there's enough of information out there for you <laughs> to just Google his name and find it. Did you, I, look into, did you look into that, what I was telling you about? We don't have to talk about that on the show. Did just just a little bit. Um, it's odd. It just seems... You, it's, it's, there's perspective there. Yeah. So, 
But here's here's what I just want to get past all that garbage. Um, yeah. Whether or not he's a monster, regardless, James. Let's let's just assume James Gunn does not and will not be doing the third Guardians movie. The Supposedly, thing, there's already a petition to try and get I've, him back. I've, it's got a, it's got some signatures too. Uh, but so that's probably not going to get turned around. Um, no. So what I'm it won't it in, won't get turned around because that. I didn't realize this, but he had already discussed this and disclosed to some degree or another. I'm not sure uh, how much, but Disney knew about this. Okay. He's made public comments about this in the past few years. So I didn't know about that at the time. Um, And I don't know whether or not that changes whether or not Hmm. he should have been fired. Um, I will tell you that whether or not it's right that he was fired. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I was not at all surprised that he was fired. Right. Right. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt it, you. I just... It's that's fine. Uh, I don't want to get into that just because all this stuff is extremely depressing. So let's get into something potentially positive. Uh, if he's not doing it, the first person that comes to mind is Taika Waititi because Ragnarok was incredible and he really hit the same exact tone that the Guardians movies were going for this whole time. Yes, and, that was the first thing I felt when I watched Ragnarok was, wow, this feels like it's very much inspired by the tone and everything they get into in Guardians. Right. But then but then you texted me with the potential of a what if, <laughs> and you just planted this seed, this little bomb that went off in the back <laughs> of my mind that I just can't stop thinking about. What if Edgar Wright does it? And... Man, I just I think that would be so much fun. And I don't honestly, if those were the only two options, I'd be like, whatever I get is gonna be phenomenal. <laughs> I don't even care. I would love to see an Edgar Wright. I would love to see thing. That. I just thought of him because of specifically how important music yep. is to him in the movies and how important that is to the spirit of what Guardians is now. Mm-hmm. Um it's also probably never going to happen, though, because of the whole fallout between him and Marvel not being able to agree on Ant-Man. Yeah, I know, but oh my god, it would be so good. I mean, he did end up getting a you know credit on it, and they ended up seemingly patching everything up where you know no one's planning on burning anything down. Um, but it seems unlikely. It, it yeah, I mean, and it definitely seems unlikely. I do think that, you know, bringing on the director of the person that turned around one of their franchises is probably a good idea, considering yeah. how well he nailed it. Like, he really got it. Like he well, got it's, up, it's up to him, you know, if he wants to do it, because I they don't, I, as far as I can tell, they've not greenlit another Thor movie. Um, right. Which isn't to say they couldn't. Um, they are keeping everything post Captain Marvel under wraps. Yeah, which makes sense because we you're not for a lot to of reasons, him. obviously. Yeah, but he's dead, so he's <laughs> I really don't think that I, I, I don't think any of the first well, first four phases people are gonna be making it really in any full capacity through to the next round. With the exception of the, the the guardian so right right well okay none of the originals 
Oh, okay. I feel like are not like uh, you know. Let's let's call it phase one. The phase one folk. Okay. Yeah, that's why you confused me. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get what you mean. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think they're they're probably done. Um, which is honestly like it's good and bad for Thor because man. I would love right, to see right more. <laughs> right, I would love to see more because he's really doing. But he's this is this is the very this is the George Costanza like going out on top. Like this is yeah. <laughs> like good night, everybody. <laughs> we nailed it, <laughs> and they're just leaving. And uh, that that's totally that's that, I'd be fine with that. Um, but I would definitely love to see that guy do some more movies in this universe because man, I love Ragnarok. It's, it's so much fun. And every time I every time I watch a clip of it or go back and rewatch it, I just like it's, it's just so silly and it makes me laugh so much. There's so many good lines. The uh, there's the callback. The uh, he's adopted callback, which is just all. It was just just beautiful. I, I forget. Know. I've only seen it one time. Still, in the, first, so. in the I believe it's the first Avengers movie. Uh, somebody calls. Thor is talking about Loki, and he's just like you know, but he's my brother. And then the I think. Uh, Sherbatsky, which is her name and how about your mother? I don't know her name. Oh, <laughs> um, Mariah Hill. Uh, she says, I think she says something along the lines of like, he killed so and so, like how many people? And he goes, he's adopted. <laughs> and then in Ragnarok, they go, uh, he's like, you know, this guy, the grandmaster is talking to Thor. And he goes, he's my brother. And Loki goes, I've never seen this man. Or he's like, I've never seen this man before in my life. And uh, Thor goes, he's my brother, and he's like, he's adopted, <laughs> or adopted brother. Like he just brings it back, like for his advantage. It's just such a silly thing. And I was actually watching a um, this great little video that I had come across on YouTube of like um, just all the these really subtle continuity things that they do in the MCU, where it's just like a small nod to something that's happened like so long ago. But like, if you really want to like put up one of those like crazy stalker like yarn web things on the wall like you could really draw these ridiculous connections between movies and it's just it's just really awesome there's so much work and so many people that dedicate their time to these things well speaking um, of continuity and specifically thor and loki i did we i don't think we discussed this i saw it a week or two ago and i meant to bring it up to you and i forgot breaking news <laughs> breaking theory okay have you seen the theory well, there have been theories since the movie came out. Spoiler alert for Infinity War, guys. Now that we're it's it's time. You know, you you gotta know what happened. Let's move so, on. So there's been a lot of theories about it, most of them not based in anything. Um but there's a theory that Loki is alive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've seen a couple things about it in the past couple of months. I'm like, yeah, no, thank you, go move on. Yes, I understand that he does Fake doubles, this and that, blah, blah, blah. That's not really enough for me to go on. Um, but there was a bit of compelling evidence tracked down by some people. Okay. Specifically that Loki is right-handed. Oh, I did see that thing. And there's only been two times where he's ever used his left hand predominantly. And both of them have been when he's... Well, the one for sure was when he was doing something uh, deceitful. Right. And he attacks Thanos with his left hand. Yeah, it's like a weird mirroring thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Where in any time he's actually him, he's only ever used his right hand as his predominant hand. Mm. Uh, hand holding a weapon. That's and cool. Twice, one of which was in the Dark World. I think when... He, I, don't know if it, I think it was... I, I may be misquoting it, but I think it was when 
he cuts Thor's arm off, but it's not for real. He uses his left hand. Okay. Or something like that. Um, and then he uses his left hand in Infinity War when he attacks Thanos. So cool. I love that. So I guess we'll have to wait and see whether or not there's any weight to that. But that at least is some sort of tangible yeah. evidence. Well, that's for, good. That's, that's, that's theory, really you know good. I mean? Mm-hmm. They'd be if they if somebody went back afterwards and was like like the people that wrote it they were like no like he's dead and they so they went back and looked at this stuff they're like shit <laughs> 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 they have to go back and fix it oh my god that'd be great uh, that's that's enough that's enough of Guardians I'm just excited to see where uh, what happens to it because I, I Guardians three is obviously going to be a thing um, it's this doesn't have to be a bad thing we could get something amazing out of it uh, it could all fall apart we'll see we'll yep. see. So uh, what's your what's your next nugget? Um, they may finally slowly be moving forward with a dread TV show. Oh, interesting. There's um, a story today that the long this? the long rumored slash gestating um, Judge Dread TV show has a completed pilot script and two seasons fully planned out. Uh, this is a story on AV Club. Okay. Uh, over a year ago, we reported that a Judge Dredd TV show was in development from indie studio I Am Global and Rebellion, the video game studio that now owns 2000 AD, the comic where Dredd originated. That was the last real movement we had heard about on the project, save for some talk about whether or not Carl Urban, who starred in the Dredd movie, would be reprising his role as the helmet-wearing Arbiter of Justice. We're still not sure if he will. At Comic-Con over the weekend, though, Rebellion announced that 2080 writer Rob Williams, who has a long history with Judge Dredd, will be the creative lead for the show's pilot, and he's worked with a team of writers to complete a full pilot script and sketch out a plan for two seasons of the show. As part of that sketching out, Williams and his team have apparently decided that the show, dubbed Judge Dredd Mega City 1, should be more of an ensemble piece than a one-man super justice show. Many will get to spend plenty of time with the supporting characters who helped Dredd in his noble quest to kill as many criminals as possible. <laughs> before, uh, before anyone gets really excited, though, it seems like Mega City 1 still doesn't have a network or streaming service attached, so we still don't know uh, when don't know who's making it or when it would we'll actually yeah. get to see it. Okay. But Interesting. That's movement. cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, I, would definitely, I would definitely tune in to check that out. Um. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious um, to see what happens with this. Um, I know that the movie has developed a fairly considerable cult following. Uh, I finally got around to seeing it a couple of months ago once you lent it to me, and I liked it. I, I didn't love it. I, I thought there was some cool it's shit entertaining. going on. It was entertaining. It, I guess for whatever reason, and I really don't know what the reason was, uh, it wasn't what I expected. Hmm. So that threw me a little bit uh, while watching it, but it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd like to keep, keep us up to date on that stuff. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with the, with the show. I would like to check it out. It sounds like something I would enjoy. Moving on to my... This is my final one. So everything from here on out is either at Al's Nugget or we get into the movie. So my final... My final story here came from this article that it just, 
I, I love so this is what I do. I, as I mentioned, I flip through. I have a curated movies flipboard that I flip through, and then I add things from that to our magazine so that the u- listeners can follow along and read the articles that we talk about. Um, so this one's on there. You might have seen it because this game. I think I added this. I might have missed it last week. I think I added it before uh, we recorded last time. But this is an article from uh, Vice, and the the title of the article. This is this is related to Street Fighter the movie. <laughs> The title of the article, Jean-Claude Van Damme was coked out of his mind during Street Fighter, director says. <laughs> that's nice. That's the title. And I was like, well, got to read that. <laughs> I it it sounds like in. there's been a lot of interesting antics of his on the set of movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I dove in. I'm just going to read you this one this one poll from it uh, just because it's, it's very funny and it just sets the tone of the entire thing. Um, I couldn't talk about it at the time, but I can now. Jean-Claude was coked out of his mind, D'Souza told Guardian. The studio had hired a wrangler to take care of him, but unfortunately, the wrangler himself was a bad influence. Jean-Claude was calling in sick so much, I had to keep looking through the script to find something else to film. I couldn't just sit around for hours waiting for him. On two occasions, the producers allowed him to go to Hong Kong, and both occasions he came back late. On Mondays, he just wasn't there at all. (laughs) And that's that's your that's your whole setup. That's the entire thing. And it's just there's some there's some funny stuff in there about like how expensive the movie was because of Jean Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia and like they still they still did it. Like they still made the movie. They still like got it released. There's also a um, <laughs> what I I didn't notice before, but there's a link in the article that I did not click, but the link text is snorting an estimated ten thousand dollars worth of coke a week. but uh the link is to van damme expendables 2 and i imagine that you can just go down a rabbit hole of van damme coke stories from here (laughs) well i have one other van damme movie making story that i don't remember if i've ever shared on the show before okay but he was supposed to be the predator in the first predator movie okay i feel like i heard that was something about the suit yeah, and like so, well, he was like in the suit and everything. And for one thing, he didn't like that you couldn't tell it was him. And they're like, "So you're playing an alien, <laughs> right?" Uh, but the other thing is, you know, he wanted to do Jean Claude Van Damme stuff in the right. suit, and was too that means hot. Well, no, there was directorial uh, friction because he wanted to do all these fucking like high flying kicks and martial arts and shit. Because he's Jean Claude Van Damme, and the director's like, "No, you're a fucking alien. Knock it off." <laughs> and, That's amazing. And you know, there was also the fact that he could barely move in the the the, the suit and stuff like, or that there was some like funny stories about getting him in and out of the suit or something like that. And eventually, they were just like, "Can you please leave?" <laughs> <laughs> and he like he stormed off and like. Like he had like a, a like a there's some quote about like what he said like as he was storming off the set it was some variation of like suck my ass or something like that <laughs> like it was like... <laughs> oh my goodness that's great that's great awesome uh, what are what remaining stories do you have so I have two discussion points okay one of them is a nugget and one of them we'll call more like a tender like a chicken tender oh instead of instead of a little nugget a little bit more meaty a little bit more meaty um this is this uh, has got weird and gross (laughs) the second one 
Well, you never specified what sort of nugget it was, so That's I decided fair. to do this. Yeah, we we could have gone it. with if they were if it was gold, we could go with gold nuggets and gold bricks. Um, you know. Okay. Each their own. But it's not. They're nuggets. Now they're nuggets and tenders. Um, so the nugget is a preview to next week's episode because Sunday I spent most of the day with you and your lovely wife and sis- and your sister and other people as well. <laughs> I like how you, you added the yours so that to make sure that those weren't the same person. <laughs> Punctuation is very important, is. as is grammar. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's good. Um, <laughs> anyway, later that evening, uh, when I got home after a truly miserable drive home, same with uh, with us. Um, that was some Total. of the most ridiculous rain I've ever seen. To the point where I literally could not see the road and the lanes anymore. And it was when I was on the Tappan Zee Bridge, Ugh. which God, is the worst place you could possibly be. Not that bridge specifically, just any bridge suspended yeah, over any body of water, not being able Windy, to see anything. There's a little bit of sway. The car itself yeah. is moving from the wind. It's bad. It's bad. I was just around. expecting to end up through the wall at some point and into the river because I, like, I really couldn't see. But neither here nor there. After that harrowing drive home, a long day. It was a good day, a fun day. I got home and I decided to watch the movie Enemy. Um, for those of you who don't know what Enemy is. It is the movie we should hopefully be doing next week. It's the first full-length, like, English-speaking movie that Denis Villeneuve did. Um, He, of the Prisoners, Sicario, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049 fame. Uh, He's got other stuff, I think, that's coming out, too. Um, He's quickly becoming in kind of the mold of a Christopher Nolan or a couple of other directors where it's like, if I hear he's doing a movie, You're I'm going to go see it. Okay. Because That's good. I love Arrival that. was excellent. Oh, man, was that a good movie. Prisoners was very good, although it's tough for me to rewatch. Yeah, that's that one it's doesn't a have a lot of replayability. It's a very good movie. It's just hard for me to rewatch again because yeah. it is very dark. Um, I've heard interesting things about Blade Runner, but now I want to see it because I like the other stuff he's done. Uh, everyone loves Sicario, and one of these days, very soon, I'm going to sit down and see it. Yeah, um, same. So this was, I guess, I think technically this released after Prisoners, but I think it may have been actually been made before it. I think it was one of those ones that was, I think it was the first thing he did, and it was like a festival movie. Okay. Uh, it was actually, it's another A24 movie. Ah, wonderful. So I watched that movie fairly late at night on Sunday night. Now, it's pretty short. It's not even a full hour and a half long. Um, but that movie got so far inside my head. <laughs> like, I, that was not something I should have been watching when I was very tired late at night. It was a, It's a dark, creepy movie. All right. Uh, and my immediate reaction after having watched it was, okay, I don't know if I actually liked this movie, but holy shit, was that a hell of a movie. Okay. I mean, that, this this makes me very excited to check it and out. And it got me it got me deep into a rabbit hole at like one a.m. on Monday morning, reading about this movie because it was one of those things where when I was done watching it, I felt like I was looking at this intricate painting or tapestry or something, and I could pick out all these fine details of stuff, but I couldn't tell what it was a picture of. 
Huh. And I was like, there's just something that's missing that's not letting me put the whole thing together. So I'm looking online and oh, there's layers upon layers there's on this fucking movie. It's got layers. It's like a Oh my god. For a movie that's <laughs> for a movie that's so short, you could spend hours upon hours talking about this movie. You could spend five times the running time of this movie talking about it. Okay. I'm that I'm very excited to watch this. So when I said earlier that I brought, I brought my A game for this one and I, even more for next week, I have notes. Okay. So this is on Netflix, you said, right? It's on Netflix. For those of you, I wanted to mention yeah, so it So 100% of the people that listen to the show are able to watch it. Yes, and that's why I wanted to mention it because <laughs> it's a movie that I had never even heard of before, um, but I just happened to stumble on. I was just looking for stuff to watch that I hadn't seen before. And this came up, and I just read the like the blurb selling the movie, and I was like, sold, don't need to know anymore. I'm going to go watch it, and it was worth the watch. Um, just make sure you're in a good state of mind watching the movie. So, I, it may not affect everyone the same way as it did me. I don't – I mean, like, I wouldn't say it's like an out-and-out horror movie, um, but uh, it's a little messy. It's a little messy for your, for your mind. So the listeners and I have some homework is what you're saying. Yes, but I wanted to make sure everyone had enough time to watch it because you may not have heard of it, you may not have right. seen it. Um, of okay. course, I you know I texted my 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 cousin Mike, who's probably our biggest fan, and not probably he's he's our biggest fan. Um, <laughs> and I was like, hey, just so you know, next week we're going to be doing this movie. It was like I wouldn't put anything past you, but it's something that I don't think a lot of people probably heard of. He's like, oh, the Jake Gyllenhaal, Denis Villeneuve movie, and I was like. Like I said, I wouldn't put anything past. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, so just we'll definitely, definitely be checking that out. So that was so the now, nugget or the tender? That was the nugget. Okay, give me the tender. We got the tender now because I think this could make for an interesting discussion between the two of us. Oh, boy. Uh, I think it's going to be a polarizing topic. Oh, boy. I'm just going to make Is a statement. Is there going to be a next week's episode? <laughs> I'm going to make a statement. And I would like you to tell me what you think about that statement, and then we can discuss. Okay. I think Leonardo DiCaprio might be pretty overrated as an actor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, interesting thought. So we had a uh, we had, we had a little barbecue um, last week. It was, uh, it was my friend's birthday. Brian's birthday. Happy birthday, Brian. What are you drinking, by the way? And uh, don't worry about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, going to be featured on a future episode. Oh, uh, yeah. No, I thought I recognized the can. That's what I was asking. Um, so I was playing a game with a friend, with a couple of friends. Uh, it was uh, me, Matt, Kim, uh, Matt's wife, Liz, and a couple of other people who were there. And uh, we were talking about who do you put in the acting hall of fame? <laughs> see okay. i i was i was so glad when you just like seemingly ignored what i said and got into stories i was like this is gonna be good and we uh so i was like okay like how, like where do we want to start as if because we could waste our time going through the ones that people are gonna just agree with right you throw your tom hanks your denzel you know you, you just you get these people out of the way like then do we start having a conversation and as we were doing that, somebody said, you're Leo. And I said, now, hang on. <laughs> and I I was on the side that you're coming from. Yeah. 
they did turn me around on it. But I want to be clear when I say that he's overrated. It's not to say that he's bad, because a lot no. of times when you, when you say something like that about someone, something like, oh, this, insert name of beloved thing, is overrated, for some reason people conflate that with you saying that it's bad. Right, no, I, I 100% agree with so you. So I just want to put that disclaimer out here. I'm not no, saying we're he's not a saying bad that at all, no. I'm yeah. saying that I believe he may be significantly overrated. The argument that I was making when I was like, I don't know that he necessarily belongs in there on his own merit is because I feel like he's a product of the directors that he works with. He's worked with a lot of good directors. In, but then the counter argument was in his recent years. And I was like, okay. Not just in his recent years. No, but I was like, okay. But if you go back and you look at him from his whole catalog and you see some of his really early stuff, you're like, he's definitely got it. Like he's definitely very good. Like it's a silly thing, but like what's eating Gilbert grape. Like that is an incredible portrayal of that character. I've never actually seen it. And that's the, I think that is the example that I would use to be, if you wanted to, to push me one way or the other, that would be the one to pull on because I think that, that performance alone really stands apart from other people doing things like that. And um, I don't know. I I to do. I think as of late, yes. I don't think in his early career he was overrated. Well, see, this is the this is kind of the thing. Um, it's been expanding the amount of things that I've seen him in, uh, and especially I, this is is so I think this maybe have kind of been percolating. Somewhere in the back of my mind for a while, mm-hmm. but I like never really like. It's not like a strong held conviction I've had for a long time. What triggered it? It was watching the beach. Oh, okay. That was just a couple weeks ago. I mentioned that to you. Um, yeah. Was I don't know if it was last week's episode or the one before that. Um, yeah, I was watching it and like, I was like, oh wow, yeah, he put in like another like good performance. Like you know, it's funny. I like I've never heard much about this movie before. Like I was kind of aware of it. Um, and the only reason I went to circle back and see it was because I found out about Alex Garland's involvement with it, which, you know, not to put him on the level of Christopher Nolan as a director per se, cause he's still a little bit earlier in his career, but just, I'm getting to the point where like Alex Garland sold, I want to go see it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how I'm feeling now about Denis Villeneuve. And that's how I feel about Christopher Nolan and, you know, and other people who are more legacy directors too, like, you know, Spielberg, stuff like that. Like, you know, new Spielberg, new Scorsese movies coming out. Like, oh, tell me more about that. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or don't. Um, I'll see you there. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, so you, you get it. Um, yeah. And after watching The Beach, uh, you know, I was just kind of thinking about it over the next couple of days. And I was like, something wasn't sitting with me right. And I was like, I've seen that performance before. Hmm. And that's when I realized that he has had a bunch of really good performances, but I think he's kind of become lazy. Okay. I think he's playing his greatest hits. I I kind of get that. You're are you talking you're talking in his more in his latter career. Yes, because yeah. well, because that's the thing is the beach was in the year two thousand. Yeah. I'm seeing it after I've seen his more recent stuff. Right. But I'm realizing that some of his more recent stuff was him basically playing that same role mm-hmm. to a certain extent. 
or that there's a lot of similarities in the things that he does. Well, like right. he has go-to moves. What was that last movie that he was in? The one that he won for? Oh, uh, The Revenant. What, what What's your take on that? See, that's the thing. Is there's there's kind of some similarities between that and the beach. Well, I my immediate reaction to him winning that Oscar was like, yeah, glad he's got one. I do think that he deserves one for some of his previous work. I don't think this is the movie for it. No, The Revenant... It, and everyone, I, I think everyone, even the people who thought he was the quote-unquote right choice, has basically said it's a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's, hey, you probably should have won before this, but you didn't, so here you go. Yeah, but that's not – that's kind of lame for the other people that were up in the category. Well, I, don't I, even, I don't even remember who it was at the time, but anyway, the whatever. I can't but, even argue that for or against because I don't remember what it was up against now. That's neither here nor there. I just thought when he, when he won uh, – when he won it for that, I just had that um, that reaction from like in like Arrested Development. Her, you know, like I had yeah. that like it was for that. Like that's what it was. <laughs> See, while I was watching the beach, I realized that I had seen parts of that role in The Revenant. I'd mm-hmm. seen parts of that role in Wolf of Wall Street. I'd seen parts of it in Inception. And that's what finally like clicked for me when I what made me feel that way. I was like. He's he's starting to play some of his greatest hits. I'm kind of wondering if that's him or if that's a fault on direction of like give me give me that thing. No, because those three movies I just mentioned were directed by Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, and Steven Spielberg. True. True. Those are those I don't think those directors are going to be like just do that thing you did. Right. So he's going to his playbook? Yes. Uh, that, That's what you're saying? It feels like he's go- going to a playbook. I don't disagree with you. I, I See, I, was, I wasn't I was sure. Because I, I feel like you you are a Leo fan. And I've mostly kind of considered myself one as well. Um, and I was, I was wondering whether or not you would push back too strongly at me until we had this discussion some. Um, but I'm glad to know that I guess I'm not completely crazy in this. <laughs> I'm not doing it to be contrarian at all because I've – I mean The Departed is very much one of my favorite movies and I thought he was really good in it. And right. that's hell, a, That performance is – That's the one that he should have gotten it for over I agree. I agree. That, that performance is on point. And the other thing is, I mean, everyone raved and raved and raved about him in – I could do your job. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> Uh, everyone raved about his performance in Django, and I left that movie feeling really underwhelmed. I like. I actually do enjoy his performance in that, but I like the. I just thought it was I fine. like the over the top, over the top nature of the character, though. Yeah, that's like what it's supposed to be. I don't think. I I don't know. I. If you want to talk about who like if if you want to talk about incredible performances in that movie, Christoph Waltz is like. That's the performance in that movie. That, like, that's the one that steals it. Christoph, Christoph Waltz, Jamie Foxx, Samuel Jackson. I take all of them over yeah. his. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And also, he just doesn't really have a ton of screen time. No. He does seem like he's enjoying himself, though, doing that role, which is which is helpful. Yeah, no, I mean, he looked like he was having fun with it, I suppose. Um, which, that, that's a plus, and that's a credit to everyone involved. Um, because when you can tell 
that someone's taking it seriously yeah. or scary, scary place to be because if you're having too much fun with that role that might be a problem <laughs> uh, I, I mean he went pretty seriously with the role there's the story yeah. about how he freaked like out cutting um, his hand. what's that you know when well, he cut his hand yeah. with the blood um but yeah i don't know i've just been realizing like maybe he's not quite all he's cut out to be and the whole like this like because yeah like you hear people talk about him like like you say like acting hall of fame stuff like I guess maybe he's a an acting Hall of Famer, but not first ballot. You know, it's funny. One of the he's not uh, a Mount Rushmore actor. Maybe we should. This could be a new segment that we do going forward. Of we have to, we each bring somebody to the table that we would like to put into the Hall of Fame each week and discuss whether <laughs> or not they make it. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about every week, but it's something we could revisit with other yeah. people. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll be like I, a one-off episode. Trying to be contrarian at all, like I just, it just kind of out of nowhere finally hit me. I'm like, huh. Yeah. No, I, 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 I kind of because when when somebody brought his name up, I kind of had the same reaction. I was that's like, that's funny. The time I didn't expect that, to like, be defending we didn't that at all. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't expect to be like, actually, <laughs> but I was like, it was just like coming out of me. I was like, huh, weird. I was afraid this was going to be like something that was going to be like super polarized between us and like how dare you? Yeah, like that we were going to like reach through the screen and kill each other, and that like the audience was going to like burn down the show. Right, um, and maybe they'll still do that part of it. I don't know. Um, we'll go down together. But he seems to be. <laughs> he seems to be. Yeah, like achieving that status of like untouchable, like all time actor by a lot of people. Like everyone, oh my god, he's such an amazing actor. It's like. I mean, he's a really good actor, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you. Uh, give it. We we'd like to hear your thoughts, listeners. Um, reach reach out. Curious, curious where you all stand. Uh, do you have any other nuggets? That's that's it, right? No, oh, that's it. That was a was a spicy tender. <laughs> uh, so let's shall we dive into our flick of the week, our flick of the shark week. So this. This is exciting for me. Guys, because let's just say here, we're not doing a spoiler, not spoiler stuff. This movie is 43 years old. Right. Sh- shame on me is how I'm going to start this off because that's where this whole story begins. <laughs> Slightly less shame on me. Uh, with this movie, it's the timing couldn't have been better. So I was, uh, was going to hang out with some friends yesterday and we were, like, we were talking about going to see a movie. I suggested that we go see Mission Impossible. I was then informed that it was not out. (laughs) And then somebody said, let's see, let's watch Jaws. It's Shark Week. And I was like, okay. And the reason why I was so excited to do this was because, brace yourselves, I've never seen Jaws. (laughs) And I know that's a ridiculous thing for me to be saying. Wait, to to be clear, like, like, have you never seen any of Jaws or... Um, I'm beginning to think that what I have seen has been like clips or bits and pieces while somebody maybe had it on when I was a kid, like here and there, but I've never seen the movie. Cause we've definitely had like, again, kind of somewhat, you know, this is weirdly cause it doesn't go great with breakfast. Um, a movie that is definitely been on for Saturday morning breakfast before, mm-hmm. but so I, I had seen probably a good 80 or so percent of the movie. Just never all at once before now. This is the first time I ever sat down and watched Jaws start to finish. So the weird thing is, like, every line, every quip, like, every, like, well-known tidbit I'm familiar with 
just because I'm so familiar with all of these pop culture references. Yeah. But when I sat and thought about it, I had never seen the movie from start to finish. I had never seen and I and after watching it, I can honestly say I I've never seen more than 25% of the movie prior to yesterday. No, I'd seen a lot more of it than that. Um, and a lot of the scenes multiple times over, but there was definitely stuff that I had not seen before that I, when I sat there and watched it. And the other thing is outside of the ending sequence, um, I was kind of confused on some of the stuff just because I've never seen it all in order, just the order of this, like the narrative in this, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, had I had been lacking in a lot of that context. So yeah, here's, here's a funny thing. Um, I know there's probably people pulling their hair out right now because people like to do this. They're like, people love to throw the line of, you've never seen that? Guys, there's a lot of movies and we've seen a lot of them, just not all of them. Right. And that's like that's my point. It's like if you're like, no, I didn't. I'm not being honest about it. And I'll tell you that. If I've never seen a movie, I will tell you I've never seen it. If you make a reference that I don't get, I'll, I, I won't pretend to know it. Because I've seen enough movies... So like I, I I am I feel like I've I've earned my stripes with the movie stuff. Yeah. Uh, for every movie that you say you've never seen that I will there's there's two on my shelf that you probably haven't seen. You know what I mean? Well, the other thing is I mean I don't I don't have the collection that you have, and no, I've no, seen a, and, I've seen a lot of movies. You don't need to have a collection like this. The thing is, even if I've never seen it, I usually at least know something about it. Right, right. Like and if that, you say it, if it's like especially from the past. 35 years let's say and obviously it goes farther than that but like i usually at least have some some bit of context i'm usually aware of it sure uh i'm just not old enough to have seen all of them. i have a list of movies that i that i want to see that i just haven't seen yet um me not seeing jaws was just because i just hadn't there's never been a time where it like came up or it was never a thing that i sought out to see i it was never. It wasn't a thing that my parents had watched, like while I was around, like or wanted to watch with me. It was like, like which is which is for our generation how you would have seen that movie. Yeah, you go long enough, you don't see it. It doesn't come up, <laughs> and then it's like, huh? When he said that, I was like, I could watch Jaws, and then I was like, Ooh, we're recording tomorrow. Let's do that. And then I texted you, and you were like, "All right," <laughs> and we watched it. Um, so that was it. Was fun how that all came together. Now, what's amazing about this is what what you what I really love here is when you get into a situation like this, you get to find out if a movie holds up. Because if you've seen a movie years and years and years ago, and you loved it then, and you love it now, you can't be the deciding factor on whether or not the movie holds up. You don't yes. have that... Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Right. What I can tell you, after my viewing of this movie, is holy lord does it hold up. And two, I need to rewatch it a few more times because this might be in my top ten movies. Um, okay, that's interesting. I, yeah, I didn't try and even consider that sort of thing. Um... What I would say is that it is the rare occasion of a quote unquote old, like classic movie that absolutely lives up to the hype. A lot of times those movies, outside of a few rare movies, a lot of times they just don't live up to the hype, whether or not they even hold up. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I can't remember what it was, but something. Oh, and okay. If the Leonardo DiCaprio thing didn't piss you off, this one will. <laughs> I just don't get the hype for Raging Bull. I'm going to add this to the list. What? I have not seen Raging Bull. So that was one of those things. So and that's the other I've thing. I've seen well. bits of Raging Bull similar to Jaws. I know pieces of Raging Bull. I've never seen the movie start to finish. So, you know, people, everyone's like, oh, you should totally watch this movie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'll, like, I'll get to it. Like, it's something that I've usually it's I'll be like, oh, yeah, like I wanted to see that. Just didn't get around to it. It's on my list. But like my list spans like you could write it down on a piece of paper and it'll go room to room. Right. Um, it, it'll end up in the queue. Like I'll watch it in like 18 months or whatever. Um, <laughs> get to it when I get to it. All right. Yeah. So no, but Raging Bull was like a legacy. Like we do a movie podcast. I know we're not, you know, trained in the art of criticism of yep. movies. We're not. We do the Every Man's Movie podcast. So let's be serious. <laughs> even if we do dabble in high art films, um, but that's a movie that anyone who's who wants to be doing anything in this field, discussing anything, and be taken seriously, you have to see Raging Bill. Is at least that's what everyone seems to say. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Someone's got to fill me in on why I have to be, and I'm sure there's from like an actual filmmaking standpoint. I'm sure there's stuff that I'm missing, and there's some stuff that I did appreciate about all of that. But like, I just don't get it. And I hated the main characters of that movie so much mm. that it may have tainted my view of it. But like. I just didn't get it. Like there's been other movies where I hate who's on screen and like, I like was compelled or interested in what was going on. I was counting down until that movie ended. Yeah. And it's not a short movie. That makes me want to watch it. And like even more, a lot of times it'll be like, Oh, these people are shitty, but there's something redeeming or redeemable or something in what's going on that makes you want to stick around. I didn't see any of that. And it's just based on a real, this is based on real people. This is a real story. Yeah. Like these are terrible people. Why am I like I'm not gonna root <laughs> for this guy to win fights? He's a terrible human being. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll maybe we'll do a we'll do a short episode of that so your blood pressure doesn't go through the roof when we talk uh, it's about fine. it. It's fine. Like I, like I'm not mad. I just confused is really what just it comes disappointed. down to. Like does it just get bonus bonus points because it was shot in black and white? Like I right. Like I don't get it. No, um, I, the, you know it's funny too because like there's movies like that where they where they pop up and it's like you know. It's universally loved, and I put that in quotes because people think they love it. I don't know. I'm not making any judgments on that movie. I haven't seen it. But, like, there's there's been things that I've come across like that where it's just like, oh, like, if you haven't seen this, then you don't know movies. And it's like, stop. And then it's like, if you haven't seen this, if you don't like this, then you don't like movies. It's like, also, stop. <laughs> like, this is not how, that's not how this works. Well, the other times, like, there's, there's stuff where it's like, okay, I didn't really love that movie, but I get why other people mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, I don't get, that's what's confusing to me, is I just don't, when I was done watching it, I just don't get why it's, like, a beloved classic Well, let film. me, I like that you wrote, like, you said that, because like, that, uh, that segues nicely into a, a piece of this, of this Jaws watching that I would really like to, really like to dive into. Why I love this movie. Uh, and the... The biggest thing for me with this is I really, really loved the dialogue. I love yeah, there's, there's... I love a good dialogue. And this is call me crazy. I understand the influence that Jaws has on Kevin Smith. 
Kevin Smith loves Jaws. He loves it. He measures things as Jawses. He says that's <laughs> three Jawses. <laughs> like that's how that's how he. So when you see his, when I think about his writing and his movies and the way that he he talks about things, I I see how that like is influenced by the incredible dialogue that goes on in this film. And that that is that is what I I what I tend to look for the most in a movie. I just I love good words. <laughs> That's how I'm going to put that. <laughs> um, and they just they they do nail it. I will say, really really frustrating thing for me was um, the movie was encoded the what the version that I watched in like DTS like seven point one, and it was just not done well. Um, and then halfway through the movie, I switched it to like multi-channel stereo. So like left and right channel with all of the speakers that I have were the same left and right. So once I flipped it to that, all the dialogue came in clear. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, right. This movie was made a while ago. <laughs> yeah. So let's not try to fix that. Let's just leave it as it is and watch it how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, no, but- I, I definitely... Uh, I'm on board with you on on that. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a really well made movie. Which for a movie that's a, essentially a horror movie is not typically the case. Yeah, but it's also a hallmark of Spielberg's version of horror, right? Because Jurassic Park is a horror movie, but it's a really good movie made really well with you know again horror great dialogue. Elements. And, you know, a great, tight, coherent story, as is Jaws. Um, and it's like, okay, yeah, you can... Re- and that's why... And this isn't any way, shape, or form to denigrate something like Get Out, but people were surprised by how good it was for a horror movie. And it's like, no, no, it can be that if, you know, you just put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people who make horror movies don't have, I think the chops to do it right um and spielberg does and Mm -hmm. jordan peele does as well right Uh, it just takes it just requires a commitment to it it's just that often the lowest common denominator of directing tends to go into a lot of horror movie making because you can make an effective one without being good at it you know (laughs) yeah for sure yeah i'm gonna pull on this horror thread for a second because one of the things that you that I that you hear over and over again going in all these years later for the first time um, is oh like it was so scary like I was terrified watching Jaws like I was on the edge of my seat and I'm thinking okay I'm probably like I I set myself like I was trying to set my expectations I was like I'm probably not going to feel that way um, I'm probably desensitized by a lot of other horror styles that I've seen since then you just take a but, guess. You were wrong. I was wrong. And I'm <laughs> so glad that I was because I I think there was like a couple of points where I went, oh no, like, <laughs> like out loud <laughs> where I was like, and when I caught myself, I was like, man, I'm having a good time with this movie. Yeah. Like, and that's no, what I mean by this thing holds up. Right. I mean, this so is good. like something that we discussed in, or something that I specifically highlighted and I think we discussed um, when we did Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, about how often it's the things that aren't on screen that are the scariest. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, that to a certain extent is kind of what was going on for me when I was watching anime the other night. Watching this, those back-to-back two nights in a row, I don't watch a lot of horror. I will watch some suspense thriller type stuff, which I guess you could also brand both of those as this as well. Um, but a lot of times it's what you is just think is going to happen, but doesn't actually happen or happens in a way you don't expect. Mm-hmm. That is the scariest stuff. It's a lot scarier mo- more often or a lot more, you know forcing your heart to pound through your chest is what's not actually on screen. Right. Right. Um, Which is, and this is a masterclass in that. It absolutely is. And you can see that, you know, again, talking about a director who is calling like JJ Abrams is a huge Spielberg fan. Mm -hmm. And you can see some of that in like, I've never seen the movie, but I'm functionally aware of a lot of it. Um, The original Cloverfield, isn't the majority of the movie the monster's not on screen, right? Yeah, you you never I don't think you ever actually fully see it. You yeah, you only ever see like the silhouette or it yeah. or like quick glimpse, background like quick or frames like, of you it. See, like yeah. tail for a second type mm-hmm. of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um so and and I'm sure there are other you know examples of that in his work. I'm I'm not well versed in all of Abram's stuff. Um but you can see the clear inspiration from that in a movie like Jaws. Yeah, absolutely. I will say uh, one of the things I want to touch on, though, what bring that, 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 that back for a second, the things that you don't see, what adds to that is what really amplifies those scenes is John Mother Evan Williams. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, like, what a, what a run with this guy that early on yeah right because it's funny i was reading uh it was really fun i went down this this rabbit hole of like just crazy facts about this movie because i was just like enthralled with it when i was done and just like the the, you know the the whole two note doing it the whole that whole thing spielberg thinking that it was a joke the first time that he heard it and then realized and like states later on that like the music makes the movie like, like that's really great oh i had never heard that before i didn't realize that he didn't take to the so that's the, well, the can sequel you, that's can, you, can you imagine like okay hey guy hey hey composer dude <laughs> can you help me out with this I, w- I would like a score for this film and he comes in after i don't know how much time thinking about it with dinner <laughs> could you imagine like all right it's like this guy is nuts <laughs> that's so that's what i would think but well, then you, i mean you put it in context and it it right like it makes this growing tension you're constantly like it is like it's your pulse it is it's, it's your exactly thump, that thump, and it's again talking and it gets faster, faster 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 until your heart explodes and the shark comes out of the water <laughs> you know again you can see inspiration there with like someone like Hans Zimmer doing the the score for Dunkirk, right? Yep. Where it's 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 overwriting your own heart rate, right? Your own heartbeat. <laughs> it's, just, it's not music. It's dark, ominous tones. <laughs> Masturbating dog killers on the loose again. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But it's you know it goes beyond just like the Jaws theme, right? Yep. The other music a lot of it is got like kind of an ethereal creepy like sound to it um 
there's there's the one there's the one that really stood out to me where it's like I have this weird like for the especially for the composers that I know um when I hear your mu- when I hear the music in a movie that I didn't know they were doing I I'm like oh like oh that's fun I'm glad that they did this and then you know I have to obviously double check myself look in the credits at the end and I'm like very happy when I get it right um but it's there's there is one scene when um Hoopa and uh what Hoopa <laughs> and Chief uh, Brody are on the boat and they're going out into the fog and the music's playing and that's the one that really got me because when I was listening to it it just felt so much like uh, flying the falcon into the mouth of that beast thing on that asteroid yeah like that like the same type of like going into the unknown exploring this territory like it's it's obviously him like this guy this guy it's his music he knows he's doing he's trying to convey something and well, just that the same sheer message. volume of movies that he's scored that have iconic music in you can detect similarities where it's almost like this thing from Jaws sounds like that thing from Star Wars, or this thing from Indiana Jones sounds like that thing from Harry Potter, or whatever. Like, I'm yeah. getting them wrong in this case, but, like, uh, there's been times where I've been watching one, and I'm like, oh, that, that just that brief half-a-second note sounded yeah. like something yeah. from that other franchise. The, uh, the the last time that happened for me was I had I did not know this beforehand. Um, this Christmas, we had sat down, we were watching Home Alone 2, mm-hmm. and I went... It's John Williams, yes. <laughs> and then and then as soon as I said that, it popped up on screen. I was like, "Nice." <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll catch just like a quick note or a two or three second like sequence of notes, and I'm like, "Oh, that sounds like that thing from that other movie that John Williams scored." You know, like I can 100 yeah. percent pick that out. That that's a like a similar, you know, thing that happened there. I don't have the the verbiage to um to describe. It. That, but that's that's fine. I, 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 that's kind of what I love about this is, I'm, you're, you have you hear it. You're you're a movie fanatic as as I am. Like we're, that, it's just a thing. It's a it's a component of a film, and you're picking it up. You don't have to be, you don't have to know music. You can recognize patterns. Humans mm-hmm. are great at that. Yep. <laughs> and it's just like seeing, like, it's like when you recognize somebody's work that you love, it's just, it's exciting almost. It's like, oh, like, it's my boys in this one. Like, when I hear a Hans Zimmer track, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's like, just make my heart stop. Uh, the other piece of this, though, aside from the horror, like, and, and what makes it, you know, work so well there's a lot of other great things going on there. Like, yes, there's this horror aspect, but we talked about the dialogue a little bit. There's a really fun, like, engaging story going on. It's it's interesting. It's odd a little bit. Um, but then there's the there's a lot of there's a lot of good comedy. Yes. In the movie, there's a lot of laugh out loud moments. And yes. um, whether it be just a situational thing or a quick one line, like especially, it feels like. Um, that Roy Scheider gets the bulk of the just quick, dry one-line yeah. things that like give like elicit a chuckle. Mm-hmm. For sure, but and just but all of that like it just it adds so much, and it's just like that's how you know like this person really knows what they're doing. He's not he's not just doing like one thing. He's pulling all of the pieces of these different genres together. Like 
it leans heavily towards the suspenseful, horrific side, but it's got the it's got the good story. It's got the characters have depth. Yes, and that keeping it to mostly in a horror movie, keeping it to mostly a fairly tight central cast too allowed them to get into that. Yeah, the third act is you're down to three characters, four yes. if you count the shark, which yeah. you can, you absolutely can. There's characterization, there's characterization to the shark because there's an anthropomorph anthropomorphization yeah. of the shark as it gets on. When, yeah. uh, and it's not quite Steven Spielberg delivering, um, by way of one of his characters, a clever girl, but it's kind of they have like say the smart fish, smart fish, smart fish, right? Isn't that what yeah. Quint yeah. saying when he goes under the ship? Mm-hmm. It's great. It's so great. Oh my god! I, I can't yeah, as stop. we as we realize, it's not just a mindless killer when we realize it's a clever hunter. Right. We start to get depth to even that character, which it's so you know, it's, it's so hard crazy. to consider the character. So well done. And then there is and then on top of all this, it's like, let's throw some like incredible cinematography in here and there. And it's just like and just like just give you this whole well rounded, amazing experience. Like there's the scene with the classic line, Hoopa drives the boat, Chief. Mm-hmm. And you, you have the camera up. Well, that's another thing with this movie. I, even though I haven't seen it, I know enough lines of it that when they happen, it's like, that's the line. <laughs> but uh, there's the scene is it's it shot up at Quint in the in like the um, what's it called? The uh, crow's nest. Yeah. And it's it's blacked out because the sun is up there. So the sun is is like in the shot, causing the rest of it to be black. And it just holds for that extra little second, two seconds, to give you that still frame, and it's beautiful. Like it's just like a really incredible shot. There's another one similar to that where Quinn's standing, um, like at the very front of the ship, like all the way out on that little piece that's jetting out. Very yeah, similar what do they shot. Call it? I I don't I don't even know. I think that was it. Be- well, because I was confused at first. So I was like, wait, that's not that. That's not what that word means, is it? <laughs> um, because, uh, well, because I think pulpit, I think of either like um, like a, a, a priest or minister or uh, an, an elected official when they're uh, like in front, like on the house floor type of thing. Like that's typically yeah. when you think a pulpit. But I'm pretty sure that's what he said because I think he says it twice when um, they first see the shark when they're getting ready to shoot it with the harpoon, get one of the barrels on it. Um, he's telling uh, the chief was he chief brody what was brody that's it i was gonna call him something M. I think martin was his first name mm-hmm. um chief when she tells chief brody to step out onto the pulpit to get a sense of scale of the shark yeah. because there's no sense of perspective when he's taking a shot of it from a distance out in the water and he's like get out of the pulpit and he's looking down at this this rickety piece of wood over the water like are you fucking insane what is he, he says like something like perspective my ass or something like, what does he say yeah. It's Something great. Like it's a great line, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's that was fun. That was um, what's it? That's Hooper and Chief. That was yeah. But what? But like, there's so the scene is Quint's out there. He's on the edge, and it's just, I think it's like a sunset type scene. But when I was watching it, I was like, wow, like I just want to print that. Like, just I just want a canvas print of this because it's amazing. <laughs> it's just so pretty. It's just like really well done. It's just like it just. It's like every once in a while, it's like let's pause and be like. By the way, like we're really good at this. Like that, I feel like that's what was going on. Because oh, there was a bunch and of I was like, yeah, types, you're right. <laughs> there's a bunch of those types of things where it's, you know, 
it's like a, a like a zoomed in shot of Brody like carrying the weight of the world with the like the breeze blowing in his face and you yeah. know he's like a rock in in a stormy sea you know what I mean they, they, the stuff like incredible. that where it's what's that it's incredible yeah or you know just a shot of someone out on the water or out in the sun and stuff like that or um, there's actually another the it's the scene where the shark is I'm trying to remember who it's about to get, but it's the first time you actually see the shark mm -hmm. and it's turned on its side and it's fully under the water and yeah. it's opening its mouth to grab someone. And I can't remember who it was now. Cause Are it's you talking on the beach. I don't remember. I vaguely remember when seeing it on the side, it being while they were out there on the boat. No, it was someone. Who? Oh, was it? It might have been. No, those guys will survive. I was going to say the two guys who go out on the dock trying to catch from the dock, but it wasn't that. That was kind of funny. That was a silly scene. Yeah. Um, no, I can't remember who it was that it got. It wasn't. It wasn't when it got Quinn. It was before that. It gets someone. In the scene that you're talking yes. about? Yes. But I think, like, no one saw it, and the guy didn't even know the shark was there. Like, he, like, they, it was during, I think it was during the frantic thing where. It's the um, kid? It was when they. It might have been the kid, when yeah, the kid. When, when the kid goes into shock during that scene. I think that was what it was in the, in the quote unquote pond or whatever. Uh huh. Um, because not everyone yes. was there. Yes, the guys, there's the little guy, there's the guy on the boat. And he's like, oh, he was the one trying the to tell the kids. He was saying, hey, kids, are you okay? And yeah. he, he was on a kayak or something. Yeah, and it, it it came up on its side, yeah. And that scene, it's fully submerged under the water, but it's in like two-inch depth of water. Ah, uh, it's so creepy. So you see the whole up to its side fin. You don't see the whole back of the body and the dorsal, but you see the side of its face white and gray mm -hmm. and the right around the, the the lips and the teeth and the one big black eye up on its side as it's coming up to grab him but it hasn't disturbed the water yet because it's still fully submerged if only just barely and the guy doesn't see it coming so it and it happens essentially in silence yeah uh, that was a really cool scene that is a great scene the whole, oh man, the whole thing. There's just I love that. There's just so many. There's so many good ones. Uh, one of my favorites though is the the it's the shot of uh, Brody's face, and I don't know what the trick is that they do to do this. I, I'm sure I could look it up, but it almost seems like they're it seems like they're sliding the camera forward on a dolly while zooming it out or something like that. Like it gives it that funky effect where like oh uh, when he's sitting on the beach and he hears the scream yeah and it's zooming in on him. But it looks like his whole surroundings are getting stretched out behind yeah. him. Yeah, that that's like that scene is so good. It's yes. uh, and you're you're terrified because what they're doing is they're not letting you see what's happening. You're seeing you're seeing him and you're disoriented by the scream, which is the effect that the scream is having on him. And I think that is such a great play with the camera. Yes. And no, then, it's a really cool one, and it's it does that thing where it forces you to experience it essentially the same way he is. Yeah. Oh, man. This movie, this movie really, really killed me. I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I just, like, I, I want to stop this and go watch it again. Like, I I absolutely loved it. Um, 
that, oh my god that that's that whole that zoom in zoom out that whatever it is that they're doing is just so so cool uh can we j- jump to the beginning of the movie for a second the title card <laughs> no i wasn't even gonna go back did to you that see that ancient ass universal title card yes i, I definitely <laughs> did and i'm glad it was there <laughs> also i think it had was it have the opening that did it have the uh the sonar beeping was that the audio playing behind it uh i don't remember i think it was the sound i have to pay attention to that hooper's, next time it was the hooper's sonar boop hoopa yeah <laughs> Uh, what I, what I did notice about the beginning though is that guy is the worst. Well, the, Which one? The one that's chasing after the girl that ends up getting, going skinny dipping and then getting eaten. He's the worst. I hate that guy. Uh, he's not the worst. The mayor is worse. The mayor is worse. You are correct. This guy is wor is is bad. <laughs> mayor is worse. The mayor. The what I have. I have him listed. Hang on. Let me find out what I wrote down for the mayor. I didn't know his name when I wrote it down, so I wrote "Mayor, go fuck yourself." <laughs> That's what I put in. He was the worst. He was terrible. That character sucked, and it's just yeah. like it's you know you have to have that character, otherwise you can't force other like all this terrible stuff to happen. You need to have like this negligent guy that's just like you know like yeah we gotta make our money, so we're gonna keep the beach open even though people are gonna die. Like it's just he's just such a turd. <laughs> And he, I hate him. I hate him well, so much. Well, the problem is, you know, if I had watched this movie, uh, let's call it five, ten years ago, and I was experiencing that and him and everything and that, I'd be like, huh, politicians aren't that irresponsible. Right. Boy. Boy, were you. I was right? like, you know, this is, oh, this is such an unrealistic portrayal of, you know, oh, it's one of those, it's a backwoodsy, like, small town. Te- no, that's like that's basically every politician ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, have we uh, have we really? And this is this is not anything about you know, this is not partisan in any way, shape, or form. Because I feel this way about Everyone. anyone who's been elected ever, and basically all the ones that are elected now, and not just in the U.S. in like every country. Yeah, it's like oh my god, <laughs> the amount of cover your ass that goes on by that guy, and to the point of willful negligence yeah it's infuriating yeah and then like trying to push it off on other people until until he finally realizes that my kids were on that beach too no even then he still said something there was still some line he had in that where it was like he was like, I don't, like, how could we have like known or like we didn't want to create a false <laughs> panic or something there was some I forget what the line was but I was like I remember thinking, like, I was, like, a stance. I was like, wait, you're still trying to see your way. Like, out of, like everyone's going to understand. Like, like they may be mad, but, like, everyone's going to get it. Like, you weren't really believing. Like, okay, like, the biggest great white shark in the history of the world is out there. And also, you know, like, a shark, it eats a person and it's good. Like, this thing was hunting down multiple people in one scene. Right. But you know, speaking of that, let's uh, let's talk about how this this movie kind of pushes a little bit. The oh, the, you mean watching the brutal dismemberment and murder of a of a small child of a child? Yeah, like that was that was pretty crazy. They they take the most vulnerable person and they kill that person. Not just and, that, but may have gone missing, or you may have may have flown under the radar for you. 
No, I'm no, no sure. it's not. The dog is on my list here. Yes. The dog got eight. And they don't show that on screen, thankfully. Right. So what, the, but, that, the, list, the list that I have goes, um, naked woman, very vulnerable. She gets eaten. Naked drunk woman. Dog, who we just gloss over. I think I said, yeah, they kill a dog and just gloss over it. <laughs> that was my note. <laughs> yeah. And then a child gets eaten. And I'm like, okay, this movie's not fucking around. And not just that, but like the two most vulnerable, the small child and the dog, are in the same scene. Yeah. Which again is to the point of I'm like, it ate two things. Does it really need more? <laughs> it is great. It's it's so crazy. It's just like it's terrifying. And it's just like I feel like you don't usually get that. Right? Like they don't they don't usually like show I I just I feel like it's like always like a slasher film, and like they're just like going after the same group of people. They they they're all generic and the same, but in this case, it was like you know what? Let's kill a child and express the gravity of the situation. <laughs> yeah, and then you get the 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 uh, the mother slapping Brody in the face. I was just like, yeah, like I I understand where you're coming from. It's not his fault. Also, how is like it? how shitty the mayor? Don't worry, it's not your fault. fault. And he's like. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, he should. The correct response was, "You're right. It's, it's yours, yours. <laughs> you <laughs> dick." Oh man, that mayor sucked. Uh, jumping back to the characters and their depth a little bit, and going into them each. The what I love, I it's it's just so cool. Like you've got you've got the uh, the chief, right? And he's this cop from New York who's come up here to be the chief. And it's like he's it's almost like a it feels like a semi retirement, like he's getting away from the like the intensity of his job. And I think you get that in the in the scene of him finding the girl that was eaten by the shark, because you what you notice is like the um, the townies like and the town cops, they're like completely they don't know what to do with themselves when they see this dead body, whereas he's just like. I've seen worse. Like he's kind of just there in that scene. It's like, yeah, it's it's terrible. Like, but we're cops. We have to deal with this. Whereas the other guy was just like completely broken down. Actually, can we talk about that for just a second? Yeah. Um, the one slight knock I have on this movie is there was a couple of really over dramatic things that happened, like in this movie. There are some very over dramatic things. There was, and, like, they all kind of, like, fell under, like, that same banner. It was, like, that, was there, that cop, like, almost doing, like, the, like the you know, the old-time, you know, the lady, like, fan what? her, she's fainting type of yeah, thing. You know yeah. what I mean? There was, um, <laughs> when they were having the meeting, the first time they talk about oh closing my God, the beach. Oh, my God, closing the beach. And 24 in the hours background, is, like, three weeks. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 24 hours is, like, three weeks. They, so like, it's, it's, okay, cool it. It's cool. in the background, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, in the background, as, it, as it's turned into a full-blown rabble, as everyone's, you know, strongly denouncing this pronunciation by them, yo, we're going to close it just for 24 hours, and you hear it in the background off screen, 24 hours is like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? And I was like, come, <laughs> come the hell on, man. <laughs> and there was I one hope your one kid gets on. eaten next. What? I said, I hope your kid gets eaten next. Yeah, right? No, and there was one other one. Um, I think it was the scene when the kid gets eaten. 
um, when everyone's like like stampeding back on shore. Yeah, I think it was that one. Um, and there's everyone's the, rushing. The old and, man throws the kids off the raft and steals it. Is that where this is going? Did you notice that one? No, that I don't think that's what happened. Actually, I had a moment of confusion watching that too. I, I think. He, the the kid got off the thing and he jumped on it to paddle it to shore. You know, I, I don't think, think he actually threw them threw off. The kid. I I will rewatch that because I think he I threw have them to rewatch off. it. But I think if I remember correctly, the kid jumped off and abandoned it, and he was like kind of shooing them okay. in front of. Him. But I could be wrong. No, but during that whole thing, there's a woman holding her kid, and she's standing stock still, turning around, looking just screaming and i'm like okay <laughs> i'm like okay be afraid but you do realize that your best chance of being safe is to run with the stampede right because after all the thrashing that goes around when everyone's out of the water you're gonna be the thing that it goes to eat yeah like have your moment be screaming but run <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a silly over the top scene. It's not like super over the top, but it's I feel like it's in a similar vein. But it, I think it lands a little bit more um, when Brody is like, you know, get out of that boat, and he's yelling at his kids like, get out of the boat. And uh, the wife is like, ah, like they're fine, they're not in the water. And she flips the page in the book and sees the shark eating the boat. And she's like, did you hate your father? <laughs> no, see that one actually was great. I like that one. That it's not that, falling into the same banner. <laughs> that that was very silly. I I feel like it was the same type of trying to be over dramatic, but that one landed like it well, landed as a good show. Comedy. Yeah, Although the other I ones guess, were trying I to be the, more serious. The Twenty four hours, three weeks is kind of played for comedy as well. Yeah, this is like in the background. It's a shark. Um, actually, speaking of sharks eating the boat, um, I have a problem with a little bit of the logic of that at the end too. Hmm. Um, when it's bashing itself against the boat and fucking the boat up. Which I, I, I don't have a problem with that so much. It's just that it was like somehow like going like bang, bang, bang. And I'm like, it what is it hitting it with? <laughs> that it could like like if you're telling me that it's like circling away from the boat and then achieving ramming speed and bashing it once, totally get it. But like how is it like it sounded like it was standing outside like Throwing haymakers at the boat, was it like thrashing, like it was on top of the gate. Maybe I don't know. You can't see it. Yeah. Um. I, then, that's a, that's enough for me to allow it. That one was on the the borderline. What I had a problem with was later. So they hit him with the barrel, right? He goes, "Oh yeah, I stick one of these barrels on him, and it'll it'll really exhaust it. You know, he'll be down for a bit, and then he'll come back up." Okay, we get two barrels on it. Great. So we get two barrels on it. It's tired out some. We hook it to the cleats. And we start dragging it with the ship. And nope, it's dragging against the ship. The sh- somehow the shark is stronger than the ship, which mm-hmm. I don't care how big the damn shark was. No. <laughs> and then he hits it with the third barrel after they cut the cleats off, right? And he goes, there's no way it can handle three barrels. I'm like, no way it can handle three barrels. It was just dragging your gigantic boat. Right. What the fuck that's, are you that's, talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's a little disconnected. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> that, that those that 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 whole third act, like and like the har- like the shark hunt, was a lot of fun. Oh, the shark! The first shark hunt where all the, like the noobs were going out. Oh, the, just was, the chaos! I was. It was like the wacky up. races. 
Yes, it was ridiculous. Like know. the whole thing. Who's got the guy's getting on the ship with a stick of dynamite yeah. and he's just <laughs> lobbing it into the water and it's exploding. There's the guy. The guy's chumming. What are they doing? Oh, they're chumming. Is the guys are just flopping like blood into the water and just like the whole fuckery of that scene. Like, why do all of them have dogs on their boats? Yeah. Like, we're not going on a hunt. Like, you know, like where you take your hunting dog and like you shoot, like you do, like you, you're gonna shoot a duck or something like that, and it goes and retrieves the duck, or you're gonna use it to run down some bigger game. You know what I mean? Like, if you're yeah. hunting, you know, that's what what hunters with dogs will do is they'll have the the dogs get on the scent of whatever animal and they'll run it down and get them tired and you'll shoot it when it gets tired out. Like your dogs aren't doing that on this fucking boat against this 25, 30, however fucking big foot shark it is. Like why, why do you have your dogs in there? You're just asking for them to be eaten too. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. In that earlier on, earlier on in that scene when Hooper arrives and he's like, tell those guys to like, you know, there's too many men on that boat. And he's like, tries to talk to them. He's like, Haha, you're all gonna die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The, his, the introduction of that character, I really enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed like that he's got this passion for these animals and like where it stems from, and he like he respects, he fears and respects the animal, and it's just like I, I just love like they they went into it, and like what I got out of this is like none of the characters are just there; they all have like some. They've all got something going on. Not, not just that, his fear and respect of the shark then leading to the ultimate respect of Quint by yeah. Quint of Hooper as well, where he just wants to completely toss him by the wayside. Oh, you got city hands, this and that. and like, But he's got all the knowledge you can want and the, not just the knowledge, but, you know, has the hands-on experience. He ties them out in two seconds. Like, he, you know, yeah. he knows how to drive the boat. He knows all this stuff. Like, he's got some, like, thoughts on, like, the, the theory of hunting it down, this and that, like, where you see him do like, not smoke in here <laughs> and then you eventually see him when they do the thing where they're trading stories and yep. showing each other their scars and it's like that was fun he I really love that bonding scene respects him after all of that right yep for sure that, that whole that that scene is amazing and that's the scene where you get the uh, the quint monologue uh with the indianapolis and it's just yeah. it's just such a moving like it's so powerful Although, that. before we get into that, the power of that scene, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, I, I've talked about this before, where something throws me out of the narrative. I recovered pretty quickly in this, but I was doing math during that, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? He was on the Indianapolis? Because, how about this? How old do you think Quint was? I have no idea. I have no gauge. 1,000 years old. Okay, good to know that you're he's, taking this seriously. He's, he's, <laughs> he's pickled by the sea. <laughs> I mean, Quint is played... It, it, it seems like he's got to be a guy in his 60s, probably. Okay. I'm that pretty seems, sure Robert Shaw... Fair. I'm pretty sure Robert Shaw was in his early to mid-40s. Mm-hmm. And it brought to mind a note uh, that I saw the other day uh, that I should have brought up to you. I, I don't think I did. Um, but I heard something the other day that with this new... Mission Impossible movie that's coming out. Um, Tom Cruise is 56 years old. Okay. Um, are you familiar with the movie Cocoon? 80s movie. It's about no. old people that are aliens, I believe. I know of it. I've never seen it. So you know who Wilford Brimley is? Yes. So Wilford Brimley was playing one of the old people in that movie. Okay. 
and he's supposed to be like a grandpa. Like he's supposed to be like seventies or eighty. He was fifty one in that movie. <laughs> 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 like Wilbur Brimley has been ancient since he was like thirty five. That's great. And Tom Cruise is fifty six years old, and he's doing fucking Mission Impossible. <laughs> That's amazing. Like honestly, in that movie, Wilbur Brimley looks like he could have been Tom Cruise's father. In fact, I saw a movie several years later where Tom Cruise and Wilbur Brimley are in the same movie. And he looks like he could be his old father. But at the time, he was <laughs> fairly older than Tom Cruise is now. <laughs> That's so funny. They were in uh, one of the movies that uh, was based on a Christian book, um, The Firm. Uh-huh. And, like, that movie's not that long after Cocoon. And I, if you told me that Wolfram Brimley was 80 when he was in that movie, if you told me he was 75, I'd be like, yep, totally. And he's, like, 55. <laughs> And the same thing happened, and that's what threw me with Quentin. I'm like, wait, Quentin's supposed to be like, he strikes me as someone who's like 60 or so in this movie, 65. And I'm like, the Indianapolis, like at the time of this movie, and I don't know, they don't know if they ever put a date on when the movie was taking place, but it seems roughly contemporary with when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. So call it early mid 70s. At most, it's 30 years after the sinking of the Indianapolis. Right. And I'm like, how the fuck old is is Quint when he's played by a 45-year-old man. <laughs> well, well, sorry, how old do you, you don't think he, how old do you think he, like, feels, like, the character? Like, what, you don't think, you think he's, you thought he was around 45? No, no, I'm telling you, Robert Shaw was 45 when he made oh, the movie. okay, that's fine. And the character feels like he's 65. <laughs> yeah, all right, okay, that's, that, that I agree with. That seems, that's actually seems right, though, so what's wrong with that? Because he would most likely not have been 65, considering his description of the sinking of the Indianapolis. 30 years? Yeah. If it's the current time? Yes. He's probably, he's probably early 50s. Uh, it just didn't seem to add up. Yeah, that's, that's fine. But uh, that so that whole that whole thing, and that's that's like one of the things I was talking about earlier before we started. Like I've just been like walking around the house, like quoting the movie now. Yeah. Um, man, that speech, it's chilling. And it's just, the delivery is, oh, <laughs> it's so good. Until, like, that very last line, that really, like, that really drives it home. And I'm just like, I, man, like, if, if the entire movie was a build-up to that one scene and somehow it ended there, it would have been worth it. <laughs> like, that's, that's, <laughs> that's how I felt. Like, it was just so good. And that's what I'm talking about, like, this incredible dialogue. Like, not only is it really well written, but the delivery of that piece is just incredible. Yes. And I, I absolutely loved it. But I, I do love, I loved that whole bonding scene. They're singing, they're having a good time, they're getting Drinking, wasted, yeah. like, they're telling <laughs> stories. And then it gets, just like every drunken night goes, like, somebody gets a little too serious. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> It was precipitated out by the whole thing, you know. Oh, scars, this and that. Yo, what's that from? Oh, a tattoo. You know. Oh, what was it? Yeah, mother. No, it was about when I watched six hundred people die due to sharks right in front of me. Right. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, like right before that, he's joking about that. He's like, "You see this one? <laughs> Broke my heart." And he's like hysterical laughing. Yes. I was like, "Oh, this is lighthearted and fun." Well, the other thing is, like, he was men went like, into the water. <laughs> Three hundred sixteen men came out. <laughs> he was having a great time telling stories about all the times he got fucked up and that was the one that he tried to brush under the rug yeah maybe take his cue yeah yeah exactly you're, but you're drunk and you don't know any better true good point um they oh my god that's 
that whole thing is is too much. Also, I, I like that it. line in that. That's why I never wear a life jacket. Yeah. Like, I'd rather drown than go through that again. Yeah, and it's the and then giving out giving the two guys a life jackets later, like touching back on that, and like him obviously not wearing one is just like he's. He's so it's so funny because he's such a fighter, this guy, right? And his whole driving motivation, he's just like this, he's just got this vendetta against sharks because of this experience that he's had. That's that's how I feel about this. I'm pretty sure that if that was me, I would have moved to Nebraska. But it almost feels like he doesn't I, I mean you can I'm sure like you can go into like long conversations about this and like get it so it's like psychologists involved or whatever, but like he's Almost feel like it, it seems like he almost feels like he shouldn't have survived. Yes. Like, and he's he's going to continue to do what he can. He's not a quitter, though. He's not going to kill himself, even though he doesn't feel like he belongs here anymore. No, he's made it his life's work to exact revenge on every shark in the world. Right. And the, if even if that means killing him, which, God, I hope it kills me. Like, almost to a degree, right? It almost seems like he wants it to end. Like, well, it certainly seems like that when he's pushing the the ship beyond what it could handle. There was no reason for him to do that. Right. Like they were accomplishing what they wanted to accomplish. If they had gone five miles an hour slower, it would have been fine. It's, and, and this is like, this is one of those things where I don't know how this is so well kept for me. I did not know he dies. Oh, really? I had no idea. And I, 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 I felt like it was getting there, like based on everything else that I've seen, like the things that I've just mentioned, where it seemed like, you know, he wants to go. And he wants to go out this way. You mean the fact that he's singing and like skipping around with suicidal glee as he's pushing the ship far beyond what it can take? Yeah, exactly. So like when it happened, I was like, even though like I could kind of expect it, I was still shocked. Like when it happened, I was like, wow, like this, God, this is so good. And like when it's happening, it's like, it's brutal, but he's like, he's still fighting. He's fighting as the thing is eating him. And I'm just like, yes, he's literally kicking it in the face before it gets him. It's so crazy. It's such a great scene. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure that if it were me, I would have broken out a tape measure and measured equidistant across the U.S. It's this found, one. <laughs> found the exact spot that was the farthest from any ocean, and that would be where I would never move from ever again. <laughs> like, it would be somewhere in, like, uh, well, I guess, I, I think, from a... Space. East, you would west... move to space. <laughs> Maybe get not so on. easy in the 1970s. Um, <laughs> get me on the space station. I'm out. <laughs> I think. I think. The, I think somewhere in the middle of Kansas is roughly the the east west middle of the the nation. I would live in Kansas. Uh, is what would happen if I had survived that ordeal. Keep having like these reoccurring nightmares. Uh, Kim informed me that she has seen this movie when she was younger and was afraid that Jaws was going to get her in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm picturing you in Kansas thinking you're safe and then going to take a shower and being like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, do you mind if I use your shower? Oh, no, I don't have one of those. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah, no, I'm afraid of drains. I just hose myself off out back sometimes. What if it comes out of the hose? You know what? He earned it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. Uh,. Where else was I going to go with this? Um, the- well, I had something just about little like details in this yeah, movie that I found entertaining. One, 
I, again, talking back about like shots that I thought were really cool, like that framed a certain thing that's going on. When he's on the typewriter ignoring the secretary babble at him and they quickly zoom in on the form he's filling out and then you just like, watch the words typed out, shark attack. <laughs> that is good. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, um, there's, a, there's a great line, which is it's so funny because uh, it was me, Chris and James were watching it last night and we're, we're watching the movie and the old man comes out and he's talking to Brody on the on the beach. And he says something like, you're afraid of the water or something like that. I never see you go in. It's something along those lines. And he goes, that's some bad hat, Harry. Yeah. And Chris and I turned to each other and we went, that's what that's from? That's great. <laughs> and I, 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 Actually, I didn't even pick up on that. That's, that's, what Brian, show is produced? It's Brian by? Singer's production company. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've definitely seen that in end credits of shows. And I can't yeah, exactly. And it's the, the logo is actually the, uh, the lineup from The Usual Suspects. And the the, yes. the name is Bad Hat Harry. Yeah. And okay. as it comes up on the screen, it goes, that's some Bad Hat Harry. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, now, oh, my God. You know, it didn't ring a bell for me there. But when you said it the first time just now, it clicked. I was like, wait, a I know that from yeah, something. Like, yeah, exactly. And we, but the two of us were just like, there was like just this epiphany. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. That's kind of cool. So that's great. I love that. I had uh, one other thing kind of in that vein of just, like, little details. Um, again, talking – well, you know, inspiration, again, although this is more self-inspiration or kind of finding a new way to rehash that theme. Um, before they really start with that end sequence of catching Jaws, mm-hmm. when they're – where Chief Brody's chumming the water, they're just – cruising they said they've been cruising for what like five miles or something like that like they have a, a chum trail of five miles or something like that and he's sitting in his little captain's chair with that gigantic fucking fishing rod which <laughs> so great kind of terrifying the thought of what you thought you were gonna catch a great white shark i don't care how robust that thing looks there's no way you guys are catching it with that fucking rod but while he was had it all set up and they've kind of given up like, Oh man, we've been doing this for hours. Nothing's going on. The tiny incremental movement of the fishing line. And then, and he catches it the first time it happens, but no one else does it. No, I must've imagined. And then it happens again and again. Yeah. Himself prepared. And he's slowly quietly. So he doesn't tip off the other two. So good. He hooks himself to the chair. He flips up the footrest. He puts it in the cup holder thing that holds it, and now it's, you know, click, click, and they show the line in the water, and it flutters, and it moves, and it, it reminded me of, in Jurassic Park later on, the ripple yeah. in lots of water. Yeah. It's like, that's such a small little thing. It's such a focus, right, where mm-hmm. everything comes to that small, seemingly inconsequential thing, and that, that everything is hinging upon that little ripple so good that's a great scene i didn't even i i did not write a note down about that but you were absolutely right oh my god i love that that connection is amazing uh there's there's one other thing that i want there's one of the famous lines from the movie as many people know already i knew this going in is that being ad-libbed and i was like okay that's that's cool like i don't know the context because i never saw it but the you're gonna need a bigger boat um what I did not know is that he repeats that line two more times 
And it's at that point, it's like, I made a good joke and I keep saying it. <laughs> and I was just like, Wait, did he repeat it? Actually, I don't even think two, I realized. He says, it two, he says it two more times after that. Huh. And I was like, that's weird. Well, I did. I also told you that to the end of the movie, I had some technical difficulties, so I yeah. may have missed it. That's, that's fine. But I was just—I just thought that was a little odd. And I think the the line is is good. The line is fun. I think it's a little hyped up and overrated. That particular piece does not hold up over after all these years. Well, I mean, from a like the perspective of people maybe overusing it, like any classic line, um, but. Upon first watching the movie, even though you knew the line was coming, it's pretty great. And mm-hmm. seeing it in the 70s when it first came out. I'm sure it was fun. But I, the, the follow-up and the continue, continually saying it really kills it for me. It just See, I, don't think, it. I don't think I've noticed him say it again after that. I must have missed it. What I will say that drove me a little bit nuts is that all these years, people will... And this is, like, this is one of those things. People will constantly say we're going to need a bigger boat. And that's not the line. I mean, that's all that sort of thing happens sometimes too. And that it's funny though. It's like, it's like, that's the thing that becomes ubiquitous is that line. Yeah. And then it's like, but then you hear it and it doesn't, it's not that line. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened here? It's well, it's like, off. it's like, it's like people saying, Luke, I am your father. Like that's not how the line was delivered. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's true. It happens. It's, it's the same thing, but it does it does take away from the actual delivery, and then when you hear it, you're like expecting something, and you don't get that thing, and you're like, huh. And that one's an even subtler change, though. It's your yeah. versus we're. I mean, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was just a that was just a little thing that bothered me. Uh, one other thing that I thought was is was really cool. James had pointed it out to me while we were watching it. The scene with the where the um, the shooting stars go by during filming two times and it's really pretty and it's just a really cool thing to have been captured you know i don't i don't know if i uh if i remember that i don't remember so if i saw go that. back and check it out i'm sure you could you could probably just google shooting stars jaw, uh, jaws and, and find it um it's just it's just a subtle thing and like at the speed of the camera it's a little bit slower probably than it should be when it happens and it's it's really cool that that got captured and was part of it yeah but the only other thing that I thought was a little funny was the the the, the movie ends after you know they uh, smile you son of a bitch which is another great line as yeah he blows the shark up um, which would absolutely not happen and <laughs> uh, it wouldn't happen so explosively <laughs> the thing would probably launch through the shark which still probably would have had the desired effect right right it would have murdered it. Murder That's what I'm saying. It would probably die, just not so theatrically. Not maybe. so explosively. Um, but after all that happens, and uh, Hooper comes up out of the water, and he says, Quint, and Brody says, no. And it's almost like... It's funny, because like, there doesn't seem to be any real remorse in that, but it's almost like... Well, no, because yeah, he knew the yeah, fact that, that they got in the water was his fault. Yeah, that, that makes sense. But uh, what's funny to me is after you would expect um, there to be some more closure to this, like going back to the town and being like, you know, we got the shark, it's dead, and all this stuff. But actually, the movie, okay the, I, I am too, and I was weirdly, I was like, I was actually surprised by my reaction to it. Like, I was like, oh, that was great, and I was like, huh, it's actually, if you go back and think about it, it's kind of abrupt. The ending after all that happens, it's like it's a nice, it's like it wraps up and it just credits roll. 
which is fine. It's like finishing like a workout and then like just getting in the car and going home and not like cooling down, like stretching yeah, yeah. out. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like it's okay. Like it's 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 fine. I I just it's weird because normally. Well, like, the thing is, you do get a tiny cool down with them paddling away. Yeah, which was fun. Great. Yeah. Very fun scene. But it's not. But that, but that's it. And it is enough. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. It just it it took me by surprise. I was a little bit because there's a, they they give everything else a lot of time, or it's fair amount of time, and they kind of they I feel like the ending happens very quickly, which is again after it it's a it's fairly it feels lengthy when you're watching the movie, so it's fine. But it it was it just took me by surprise. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's you know something to be said for. Not overstaying your welcome, right? Yeah. Because um, then you, you know, you kind of suffer a Lord of the Rings ending. <sighs> yeah. Still, still making you sh- shudder. Just stop. It's still too soon. <laughs> still too soon. I mean, th- that's it. That's all my notes. But uh, um, man, did I love that's that movie? Much all I got. I mean. Yeah, I'm good. This has been a good episode. I'm very, if I say so myself. I, I agree with you. And I'm actually, like, I'm really excited. This is the first time that I've been this in a long time that I've been really excited to rewatch something after I just saw it. So okay. I, I can't wait to dive back into that. So that's it for this week's Flicks in the Six. If you want to keep the conversation going, I'm at AEJ Costanzo on Twitter and Instagram. Al is at Alessandro B1187. Check out the Flicks Flipboard magazine to follow the stories that we cover each week. And uh, Flicks in a Six on Instagram for teases of what's to come. Uh, now, a new place to get in touch with us. You can email us at Flicks in a Six at spintune.com. Uh, if you want to throw in topics for the show, we'll go over them. We'll add them to the roster and uh, we'll call you out. Um, so that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week with Enemy. Right? That's the name of it? Correct. Enemy, uh, which you can all see on Netflix. Um, because I imagine if you're listening to the show, you also have Netflix. I'm pretty sure that that Venn diagram just overlaps one to one. (laughs) So uh, check that out and check back in with us. And until next time, cheers.